We finally made it. Um, who's playing music? <laughs> hey, you're doing intro songs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, hello, welcome to the Recipe Always podcast. Uh, please uh, subscribe and like before you do anything. Um, I'm joined today by Backup Hangman, Anna, and the debuting Big AO. Um, and yeah, we're gonna do a dynamite review, go over some news, and just uh, you know, we're just gonna talk and see what happens, I guess. Um, I'll start with you, Backup. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's been a very eventful past few days. Uh, yes. And so I'm happy to finally be on the podcast and just talk about what's been going on in the world of wrestling because uh, I have a lot to say. I have a lot, uh, I have a lot of opinions on everything that's been going on. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Dynamite was extremely eventful, and I'm looking forward to kind of getting into it with uh, my two friends, Monty and Anna, and my mortal enemy, Big A.O., uh, who is making his uh, his big introduction today. Uh, so I hope everybody hope everybody gives A.O. a warm welcome. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I have an excuse to fire him after his first appearance today. Uh, and mm. I'm looking forward to getting into uh, a really big-time AEW show. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll go to you next, Anna. How are you doing? Back again. I think um, it's your second week in a row now. Yeah. Yes. I'm so excited. I had no idea it would be call up again. Like so mm, soon. Yeah. So yeah. excited. Thank you. You <laughs> made a good so impression, you know? Mm. People Thank love you. that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah. Rest of Pierce is doing like the AW thing, just debuts every single week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm like I'm like CM Punk. Like you're not gonna top me. You could try. Oh yeah, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, of course, we've got um, debuting after um, much demand from yeah, right. a, a good few people. It's fair to say uh, we finally have the big AO. We've uh, we finally got the balls to have him on. Hopefully, you don't get us uh, taken off air. You know, <laughs> he's here, man. Uh, how you doing, bro? My popular fucking demand, big AOs in the fucking spot. You know I, mean? I just I was gonna come out earlier, but I don't really want to talk to this nigga hangman for a couple hours. Y'all know how long-winded he is and shit. You know, I'm here, you know, no agendas. You know me, I'm just I'm just an unbiased guy. I just all facts, no agendas ever. Okay. I just I just tell like it is straight shooter. But yeah, man. Um Few comments about this generation. Like, this... <laughs> we got it. We found it last week, man. We debuting big stars. <laughs> Niggas, like, oh my god, I'm so AO's gonna change the game. <laughs> this is crazy. Big AO season. Oh my god. <laughs> big AO season. That's crazy. Big AO gotta go crazy, crazy or he's done. Oh, I, listen. I need one excuse, bro. One excuse, and I'm I'm, I'm ripping the, the board, bro. I'm saying put numbers on the board. Listen, hey, we're gonna give you some burn, man. You know, what I'm saying we'll give you. I'll give you a, a couple touches. You know, what I'm saying we'll see what you do with the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, see what you do. You feel me? But uh, yeah, man, Big Ao, it's his debut. Um, if you're familiar with just our Twitter circle, you've seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is his debut live on the Russell Pierce podcast. A very opinionated young man he is, and um. Uh, in some would say very controversial, but we are happy to have him. Uh, and so, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Uh, this wasn't particularly planned heavily because we just kind of wing things, the professionals we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So, I really don't know what to expect, uh, except uh, a fun podcast as always. 
So uh, I guess uh, with that said, Monty, um, take us through the news, man. What do we got to talk about? What's going on? Um, so there's been quite a bit of Sasha Banks and Naomi rumors circulating. Um, mm-hmm. Their names have pretty much never left the news ever since they walked out on WWE not too long ago. So, you know, it's been normal for them to come up. But obviously now with Triple H in charge of creative and head of talent relations, etc., Vince is out. You know, he had to resign. I don't think there's any point in calling it a retirement now. Um, you know, he, he he had to go. So with Vince out the picture, obviously there's been a lot more speculation about Sasha and Naomi uh, potentially warming to the idea of, you know, potentially going back to WWE and resolving the differences. And um, Dave Meltzer kind of speculated on this on, I believe it was a Sports Illustrated podcast saying that... Um, the quote is, they are gone. The last I heard was that there would be attempts to be made to reconcile, especially with Vince gone. Um, so it's up in the air. I don't think there's any definite just yet. So um, even still after all this time, we still have a, not really the greatest idea of where either of them are going to end up at this point, to be honest. So, you know, it's probably worth bringing it up on here because, of course, two massive names, especially Sasha. And um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of a fun thing to speculate about because we have no idea at this point where they're going to end up, to be honest. So um, I'll start with you back up, Angam. What's your kind of take on this whole Sasha Naomi situation now that Triple H and he's in charge, Vince is gone, uh, John Laurinaitis is gone, uh, Triple H back, head of creative, etc., etc. Have you guys ever seen the music video um, Anaconda by Nicki Minaj? Are you guys familiar with this, with this, with this music video? Um, because if you are, what Ayo, when you picture this video, what do you remember from this video the most? A whole lot of twerking, a lot of twerking, right? Just, just it, it's, it's just, it's unreal, right? Um, just galactic galaxy busting twerking. Um, what you're going to see in Stanford, uh, in the next few days is Paul Levesque is going to loosen his hips as much as he can and just twerk his ass off and do whatever needs to be done to get Sasha Banks to come back to his company. You know, Vince McMahon has the ego and he doesn't like losing and he doesn't like looking bad. It's why he's petty and why he does what he does on television. Uh, and Triple H, he obviously he has an ego of, him, of his own, mm-hmm. but um, he understands the game he's playing. And he knows the just just the seriousness and and magnitude of what it means to lose Sasha Banks and what it means to have her as an asset to his product. And so ultimately, my belief is that he's going to bend the knee and offer her whatever she wants, whatever form of a deal she wants to get her back under his umbrella um, in some form, whether that means she can do A, B and C with Hollywood or other promotions or what. Uh, I firmly believe that on his end, he's going to essentially offer her the world uh, the way she wants. And it's it's going to be up to her uh, to decide whether she wants to go for it. And if she doesn't, then that's just proof that she really is just kind of over it. And yeah. if she but if she does take it, then it means that, you know, she was willing to stay in the company. It's just she didn't like the system how it was. Um, so what I anticipate is Triple H twerking really, 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 really hard. Like I'm talking like more than any promoter has ever done on a mainstream stage uh, to sign um, one of the greatest women's wrestlers I've ever seen. That obviously extends to Trinity Fatu, Naomi. Uh, 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I anticipate him pulling all the stops to make that happen. Yeah, man. I uh, pretty much agree with most of what you said. Maybe not the way that you uh, expressed it, but <laughs> I think you make a pretty clear point. And um, it would be pretty surprising if it wasn't the case, to be honest, at this point, because mm. what you mentioned, he Triple H, you would assume he's pretty aware of how big of a deal Sasha Banks leaving WWE is slash could be. Um, I'll go to you next, Anna. Um, what's your kind of take on the whole Sasha Naomi situation now? No, I think that they should work their asses off for them too. Because <laughs> honestly, they're the biggest thing. It's, like you said, Monty, since they left the company, they've been the trending topics like every day. Everyone mm -hmm. has been talking about them every single day. It's so It would be so stupid if they didn't do it, you know? Mm. They just have to do it. Sasha's the biggest name, I think the biggest women's name that company has ever seen. I think she's above everyone else, just really, really above. So I think it would be really stupid. They just have to try. But I, I don't know if Sasha will want to go back, honestly, mm -hmm. because we don't know how much the culture will change and all of that. If Triple H being head of creative who creates like a huge change, like CM Punk was saying that at Comic-Con that he has no idea if it'll, it'll really change yeah. or something like that. I don't know if you saw that. But yeah, they should they should really try to get them back because it would be the stupidest thing in the world to let them go just like that without even yeah. trying. And we, we know that Vince is that stupid, but I, I trust Paul a little <laughs> bit more. Just, just a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you know what you said. Yeah. We'll go to you now. I, I, I think, uh, think y'all forget who... Hunter Hearst Hemsley is. I think y'all forget how big this nigga's ego is. The, the same man who refused to have any WrestleMania matches like shorter than 30 minutes. Like, the same man who told Booker T that he's here to shuck and jive for him and he has that hair. The same man who's out there on Monday Night Raw in blackface. You know, the oh same man. Like, like, Booker oh T has never has never appeared to like black people. He's not about... I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna dance for Sasha and Naomi. I don't think it's gonna happen because you know it's it's a slippery. He's brand new, right? He's brand yeah. new. It's a yeah. slippery slope. It's like all right. Mm -hmm. Well, Naomi is obviously one of the most over people in the entire company, right? But she's sure. also one of the least pushed. Like this, mm. a tag team championship run in WWE. Think about that. Is the most pushed she's ever been in like mm. the last five years. And the tag run is is literally nothing in WWE. They put those mm -hmm. belts on anybody. So like mm. they're not. Mm -hmm. So if they if they do that for her, then what do they have to do for Walter if he's upset? What do they have to do? For Ricochet, mm -hmm. if he's upset, what do they have to do for Drew McIntyre if he's upset? What do they have to do for mm -hmm. Roman Reigns? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I my, think, my, my, think, oh, go ahead, I go think Triple H is gonna try to put his foot down. Who needs to twerk? Is this nigga Tony Khan? He needs to get uh, on his uh, Meg uh, Stallion uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Meg the Stallion. That nigga Tony Khan needs to twerk so well that they start calling it Tony Khan means instead of Megan. Oh Meg. my god, <laughs> that's who needs because. Because that would that would completely change the company because that would completely change the women's division. Like Sasha yeah. Banks is someone who could outdraw MJF in the quarter in the quarter hours. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Outdraw absolutely. pretty much almost anybody. She'd be right up there with Mox and CM Punk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. That's who really needs to start twerking. Hundred percent. Um, the Sasha thing is. Now go ahead. 
I was gonna say the just the visual of me trying to picture Tony Khan twerking. Like I, I feel like if he if he even tried, he'd get scoliosis and a torn MCL. So I, he should probably now, probably not. Now you put that visual in my head and I just yeah, it's, oh my yeah, god, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't I, I don't see that working. Back brace. Yeah, he's probably yeah, gonna fracture his leg or something. You know, it's what, it's what yeah, he needs right. to be doing though, man. Um, oh, just, just twerking for big stars, right? I mean, he right. does. I mean, Sasha Banks is a crazy one because um I was speaking to a friend about it earlier. So yeah, you know the. uh I'm pretty on record saying I'm not the uh, biggest fan of the AEW women's division. Um, I've got my concerns about it, to say the least. Um, but in terms of drawing me like back in and getting me like legitimately interested and hopeful about the progress of the division, there's two things that stick out to me. One of them is Jay Cargill's title reign, when she eventually gets it, world title reign, that is, obviously, and um, the potential signing of Sasha Banks. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's be a huge deal for me personally, and obviously a huge deal like everywhere. So in terms of just uh, improving the division and stuff, right? Yeah, definitely, and just kind of uh, giving me the hope that it will get the focus that I think it's not getting at the moment. You know, because like Jade is obviously one of their most pushed stars, and her world title run, I think they're going to want to make like a good impression with it. You know, and obviously it'll be really important yeah. for Jade, and just Jade as world champion is just gas. You know, mm -hmm. like it's just hope anyway. So, you know, there's that. I and mean, obviously, Sasha Banks thought she isn't going to come into a women's division that's not going to be, um, you know, get get that gets the focus that she wants on it. Like she should yeah. be treated like CM Punk when he came in. You know, absolutely, um, absolutely. Hundred percent. She's that level. The, um, the quarter hours, right? Because the women are mm -hmm. always going to get that that death slot, so to speak, right? The right yeah. before the main event. But then mm -hmm. Sasha, you could they 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 could always be like the Sasha Banks. Fucking quarter power hour, you know what I mean? Like, like how MJ, how Cody Rhodes always got his 15 minutes when he was available, how CM Punk always gets his 15 minutes, how MJF always gets his 15 minutes. Sasha Banks would always get her 15 minutes, like she could open up the show and drive numbers. So that's why Tony really needs so. to twerk. <laughs> when's when's AW next in um it's but is it Boston, Sasha Banks territory? They were just yeah, yeah. Just in they were just in there. See, they weren't just in there and they were heading there. Like, she's genuinely worth doing the whole like fighting CM Punk thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, build the whole show around, around like, the potential of her showing up. Like, that is yeah, how people start with talking. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. She's, so, she's, she's, she should definitely she be the turning point. Yeah, because yeah. that division is is in the mud. Like, it's done. I, I. I'm not going to say that I have given up on the women's division, but I'm really close to. Mm -hmm. if, if it's not just you're holding things together, I would be completely done by it. The, so, yeah. the, the way I yeah. feel, it, it's like sure. outside of uh, outside of Jade and like the people involved with Jade, uh, it just feels like like it doesn't matter. Uh, kind of like because, uh, um, you know, it's not even bearing the town. It just kind of is what it is at this point. Like I'm not going to even. I don't even have the energy to like point fingers or specify why it, it is where we're at, but um, it, it's almost like WWE's most recent cruiserweight division when they would put it on Raw. Like, remember when they would change the ropes to purple and it would just be like that alien thing on the show for ten minutes, and then it's like all right, back to Raw anyway. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, and we'll get into it a little bit, like even with this show, but um, it kind of just comes on because like it's like you know an obligation and. Uh, it just kind of comes mm -hmm. and goes and like it doesn't really matter you know and like again i'm not gonna i'm past the point of pointing fingers and saying why and <laughs> screaming it just kind of is what it is 
but that 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 is definitely where I feel we were at with with the division outside of certain people. More thing, only thing, honestly, though, you can go around in circles with it. And uh, for me, not too long ago, I was like, it would really like frustrate me, and I'd still kind of like have hope it would get better eventually. And you, know, you can point out things, whether that's match time, whether that's them going in the death slot before the main event, um, whether that's, you know, um, them not getting proper segments, whether that's um, just whatever it is, you know, there's a list of things that you can pick out if you want. But I think it, what it boils down to is pretty simple. And it is the, it's just kind of like a lack of focus for me. Um, I'm not truly convinced they're... Um, I would doubt very much that Tony Khan's fandom was rooted in um, companies that, you know, done a lot of stuff with women, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you said, it kind of does feel like a, almost like an obligation, you know, the yeah. way that they do it at the moment. So, like I said, for me, ultimately, it's kind of simple. It's just like a lack of focus. And like I said, Jay Cargill with the world title could potentially put the focus back on it. I have no interest in Britt Baker having a world title round again anytime soon, but obviously oh, we know that Tony locks her and puts focus on her, etc. And obviously Never the Sasha again. Banks thing, the Sasha yo, Banks thing yo, be a game changer. I saw a, a, someone made like a, a um, an all out card based on like what what where they think things are going, mm -hmm. and their women's title match was was. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Nice. Nice. I swear to God. I, I, was, I would have I, to kill myself. Yo, I, I, I can't well, see this yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, my <laughs> eyes bulged out. I was like, ain't no way, bro. Like, I, that ass is about to hit one of you guys. I'm like, yo, did I miss a, a promo on Dark? Did I miss a say? Like, is this actually happening? Like, what's going on here? And, and I'm telling y'all, bro, if that actually happens, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And uh, coming coming from someone who actually used to really enjoy Britt Baker a lot, like during the heel yeah. turn, during the whole pandemic, I really liked Britt Baker. But not only has she gotten like much worse in the ring, her <laughs> promos have regressed so much, and no yeah. one's no one's talking about how bad her promos are now. It's literally just oh, it's, <laughs> like it's literally just you're you're bad. I'm great. Like whatever people are saying on Reddit about their or whatever. Oh, you you wrestle in basements. Oh, you. You are sandbag. Oh, you do this. You do that. You you are a uh, current jerking in the Fed or whatever. And it's just like the the one job that Britt Baker was supposed to do with this title ring was to make another star in Thunder Rosa, right? Mm. And she has absolutely not done that. And not only has she not made another star in Thunder Rosa, she's at, she's trying to like take away from her even more by by like playing into the whole sandbagging thing by constantly bringing up mm -hmm. how bad her promos are, <laughs> bringing a literal fucking sandbag on television, like the. Liking the thing, like, liking the voice. <laughs> I know, but you brought a literal sandbag. A literal, a literal so sandbag. Like, like, Britt Baker does so not give lame. a fuck about the division at all. Like she just yeah. cares about Britt Baker. It, 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 it's wild, and uh, you know what it reminds me of, Ao. You know how, like, uh, I mean, I don't know if you were watching or not, but like during the pandemic on SmackDown uh, in the Thunderdome, Roman Reigns, like he just started out the Tribal Chief stuff, and people were really excited about it, and like his story had like a lot of. Um, like depth to it and the segments had like yeah, stuff happening story-wise and it felt like to me that once they went back to touring in front of fans he basically had to do a simplified version of his character that he could just kind of do in every arena and so that basically meant like just kind of boiling it down to just like 
the, the stereotype of what his character is, where it's just like insert city, no. acknowledge me, throw the ones up, you know, the catchphrases, and then you get out. And and, and it's kind of the same thing with Brit, I think, where it's like she doesn't have storylines anymore. She just kind of walks around being like a parody of Brit, and like it's not it's not interesting. But but Roman still manages to go off from time to time, yeah, like yeah. on Raw. Yeah, he does. Brit, yeah. Brit, she, Roman, she Roman clears it. Brit. Roman yeah. clears Brit. So I'm yeah. not even gonna argue. Absolutely, you know, yeah. she she just opens Twitter, see what people what people are talking about, and then go <laughs> go live and said say those things. But the thing is, that people on Twitter aren't smart. You shouldn't be getting ideas from them. You know. No, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, it, it just it just it's it's really she's just lazy. She's, yeah, she's got um, really really lazy. Monty, before we before we go into dynamite, because I know you guys got into some of this yesterday, but um, the real niggas didn't get into it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, (laughs) me, 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 and AO are here. Uh, I'm gonna start it with AO, and then we'll kind of just go around, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, cool. So AO, I as I reported yesterday for Russell Purist, um, (laughs) Paul Levesque. Well, yeah, nigga, I'm a fucking reporter, nigga. Uh, uh, Paul Levesque. (laughs) Uh, he got Paul Heyman to be his right hand man at the tryouts yesterday in some in uh, in Nashville for SummerSlam weekend, and he, um, you know, the report was just that they have a good relationship. Uh, Heyman is was there with Triple H, basically being his confidant, kind of getting things going with the tryout. Um, and Bruce Pritchard wasn't there, and you know, this wasn't a part of my report, but the expectation based on what the feeling I was given was just essentially that. Um, you can expect Paul in in a in a in a spot of creative influence of heavy creative influence very soon and imminently, um, and uh, even furthermore, Brian Alvarez today basically said that like they're gonna they're going back to indie guys. You know they're gonna be going back to indie guys. Right. Um, so with all that kind of said and the and um, the reality that we're we're entering the Triple H Paul Heyman era of WWE, um, and you couple that with you know the fightful report. Um, about wrestlers, you know, in AEW who used to work with Triple H, kind of commenting on this, and, and Tony Khan's responses. I guess my general question to you is just: What do you make of the landscape of wrestling and how it's changing? Uh, what do you anticipate? What do you see happening? How do you feel about it? What does it mean for the business? So you mean to tell me that it was um, it was Triple H, right? And yes. um, who's the other person? It was Paul Heyman, Paulie. At, at the trouts, yes, running the trout, yes. Biggie no, was Richard. there. Bruce Richard was not there. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, this could this could be really bad for AEW. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like, mm. it's just before when it was like uh, it was like a Venn diagram before. You know, like it was like AEW was blue, WWE okay. was red. There wasn't much intersection. That's why, you know, we could we could get the Adam Coles, we could get the Kyle O'Reillys. We could, we were, we thought that, you know, Sammy and Steen were going to jump over. We could get people like that who were just like, you know what, let me not even try to fuck with WWE right now. They're not looking for me. They're looking for Roman Reigns. They're looking for Drew McIntyre. They're looking for Gunter. They're looking for, look at what they did to Pete Dunne. They made him a comedy yeah. character because yeah. nobody's going to take him seriously on the main roster. And mm-hmm. now with everybody, everything changing, it's just like WD, WWE got more money than them. Mm-hmm. They got, they got more resources, and now they want their talent pool. They want the indie guys, right? And it's just mm. – it, it, it could get really ugly for Tony Khan if he's not careful. Mm-hmm. 
That's what you expect him to say, right, nigga? Fuck all that, bro. That nigga 24. That nigga 24. He got fucking 20 bitch ass, nigga. He beat his ass once over that nigga. That nigga 100 is an industry player booking. He has a WWE machine behind his back, right, nigga? He has a WWE machine behind his back. Thought he was like, oh, piss and t shirt company this. Piss and t shirt company that, nigga. What happened, nigga? Tony Connor the elite ran down on that nigga. What the fuck are you talking about? They had the elite, they had Knox, and they had Jericho. Slap that nigga, bro. Shit ain't no fucking competition. They about to do this shit again, my nigga. The fuck? What is Paul Heyman gonna do? Niggas is talking about, oh my god, Paulie, Paulie, we're in trouble now. What's he gonna do? Write more cuck storylines? Write more cuck storylines? Come on, bro. We gonna, we gonna bring back Bobby Lashley's sisters? <laughs> shit out my fucking face, nigga. You know what the fuck going on, nigga? Tony Khan, Tony, Tony Khan gonna bust their ass again, again. Oh my Ain't no intersection. <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, yo, listen. I'm not. I'm not saying you're you're right or wrong. What I will say is. <laughs> AEW was putting points on NXT's head when they had pay-per-views with Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, bro. You know? <laughs> so, Joey Janela's not going to main event any more pay-per-views, bro. It's not happening. And, Joey's and, gone. And, and, and he's not going to... his ass now. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, man. I... <laughs> Jesus. See, I'm talking about the main event now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting, very interesting. Uh, Monty, I tweeted it yesterday, man. You know, Tony's going up against his booking sensei and the man that he, he's beaten before. Um, and it's a slightly different situation now because Hunter has full carte blanche to do everything he wants to do, pretty much. Um, and he had the money and the resources. But we're now in a situation where, unlike 2019, AEW has the superior roster. And so yeah. it, it takes monumental fumbling on Tony's part to basically blow the lead of this this was a this was a basketball game tony's leading the game in terms of um creative Rasta. no but in terms of creative quality of show because aw is never going to be bigger than wwe commercially ratings uh and that type of stuff right um but if we're just talking purely as fans when it comes to the creative gap between both products right um aw's in the lead for various reasons and one of them straight up is just roster right now wwe may be able to uh, catch up um when it comes to the wrestling gap a little bit if they just kind of let guys do what they do and feature more of the good workers in prominent positions you know because they have good workers in their companies just a lot of them are not yeah. positioned in a certain way right but just mm -hmm. repositioning guys and letting them just get their shit in would obviously bridge the gap to a degree when it comes to the in-ring um but again there is a roster gap now you know, because of all the budget cuts and things that's happened over the last two years, so um, Tony has the lead in that in, in that in that regard, and and it's a lead that I think is broad enough that it would take really really high levels of incompetence for it to just be completely pissed away. Um, so I I think it's going to be interesting to monitor this whole thing. Uh, I appreciate Hale's response; it was hilarious. Um, but there, in in all the, just the just the insanity there, Ao for three, in, in all the insanity there, uh, he makes a good point. Tony has kicked Triple H's ass before. He has, he has. So it's just going to be very interesting to see what he does this time around with 
you know, the best roster I've seen since like 1998 WCW. Um, You know, WWE has the resources. They're going to have more creative competency. Cody Rhodes is going to be back. And, you know, sadly, AO, that's going to mean trouble for you because Cody Rhodes is one of the best in the world at just being just uh, a pro wrestler. I'm sorry. It is what it hey, is. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. What was Raw doing? Cody Rhodes was, was it was opening the show, main event in the show, and had the Cody countdown. 1.7. Nasty. Cody, 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 Cody popped his titty. They've been doing 1.9 ever since. <laughs> they don't want flag man. They don't want flag on neck man. Flag man. Don't want them. Flag man. Flag man is crazy. Flag man out of here. Flag man is crazy. You know who actually was doing 1.6? Cody, we saw the numbers. You, you know, think, you be... think Cody doing something with that industry plan ass fucking five star match, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be that, that five star match is yeah. like winning a bodybuilding contest. At fat camp, bro. Like, oh no, nigga, it's the worst five star match of all time. That's not true. That's not true. Pop titty. The, the, the Young Bucks and and Adam Cole versus uh versus the Jurassic Express and Christian at Full Gear was the weakest five star match. That no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it, it was. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, I don't know yeah, what yeah, I was. That's when I'm with Hollywood, I'm Hollywood on that one. To be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I, when Jungle Boy became Jungle Man. You guys, he did, you guys he did. don't understand. That was that. No, no, no. Don't understand storytelling. You guys don't understand. Story raised that chair over his head. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That concerto, you guys. That went way over your head. It did not go over my head. It did not go over my head. You know, I, I, I made sure to go to wanting to give Cody Rhodes massage therapy on his pop titties. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even. I wouldn't give Eva five to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, I, I, went, close, I, went, I went four and a half on the Cody one. Uh, with the other one, I just flat out was disliking the match until the Jungle Boy storytelling stuff at the end. Um, and you know, we'll get into Jungle Boy later because he he's yeah, reached cool. the next stage of his his development. So it, it all this is just very interesting to see. Last thing I want to say, Ao, it would be hilariously nasty objectively if um, like even in just the wild, ridiculous. Um, up and down, inconsistent Vince McMahon WWE that we we've been seeing. Uh, right. Cody was a Vince guy, and Vince was giving him like the rocket ship ship of the ass, right? And it's funny that now with this new leadership, it's going to mean good for other talents who aren't getting pushed. What would be right. kind of hilarious is if Heyman and Hunter aren't as big on Cody as Vince was. Like that would be kind of crazy if like they're like, hey, we're we're low key thinking of giving uh, your spot to uh, to this guy, like or something. I don't, I don't see, but I just think it'd be kind of funny. People aren't, might not know this because you know yeah. I play the bit up a lot on Twitter, but like I am a, I am a Cody Rhodes fan. Like I do enjoy Cody. <laughs> That's a lot. I've, I've enjoyed Cody since I was a little kid. <laughs> I enjoyed him on the Indies. I enjoyed him in New Japan. Not, there's no swerve. There's no swerve. Yeah, <laughs> He's gonna be a swerve. There's a swerve. <laughs> <laughs> there's no swerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all laughing, maybe. I am a Cody Rhodes fan, so it's like, <laughs> but so I have listened to a lot of the interviews that Cody did, has yeah. and has done since rejoining WWE. And yeah. um, he has not once said that, you know, me and Triple H buried the hatchet or me and Triple H are good now or Triple H is very high on me or Triple H thinks I'm a star now or I proved him wrong. He said He's all those things about though. Vince. All he said was that me and Triple H had a conversation and it was very emotional and I'll never reveal what was said. That's all he said. For all we know, Triple H fucking hates Cody. <laughs> I, but with, with all that said... I, I was genuine saying that I was a Cody Rhodes fan, right? I was defending Cody Rhodes 
when he was when he was having that stinky ass New Japan run where nobody else was. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that's how you know I'm not throwing him. But they, they started, they started so calling that, him the three star general. That said, me, me being Cody Rhodes fan, it would be funny as fuck if this nigga Triple H buries that nigga. Puts no, that nigga get... in the 24 7. That would that would kill my that that might be what <laughs> what sends Monty away from the Fed for good. If, if Cody Rhodes just just becomes a bum, you know. But, uh, nah, it's not it's not happening. No, yeah, we'll I, need, I, need I, need him, I need him to become a bum, bro. <laughs> no, no. At, at worst, he's like just an upper guy in the mix rather than being the protagonist of the show, which he's yeah. been uh, in his in his run. But yeah, man, it's all gonna be interesting to see. Tony Khan, uh, you know, he definitely responded. To all of this with his yes, booking on Dynamite yesterday, Dynamite was Tony Khan's <laughs> statement game, and the best way I could describe it as we start to now talk about Dynamite is, Ayo, you know how basketball players, you know, they act like every regular season game is of equal importance. They're like, oh no, no, I just, you know, every game is this and that. There's no extra this and that. But but ultimately, when they go to Madison Square Garden and they know the game they is on TV, up. they turn up. Michael Jordan, 1995, first big game since his return. 55 points in the Garden, double fucking nickel, legendary game. Kobe Bryant, what is it, 61 points in the Garden, 2009 in MSG. They know when the world is watching. They know when the lights are bright. And Tony Khan heard all the discourse. He heard all the talk about, you know, the reports of AEW's demise, of Triple H stealing his talent, of this being the fall off, of AEW being uh, declining and not being as good and, and all this other stuff. Uh, the show is not as good as it was a year ago. The storylines aren't as good. AEW's falling off. Oh, AEW's dead. Triple H, and, and uh, they're going to take over. And what did he do? Yes, he did respond verbally on the radio. But yes. he, his, he yeah, he, he did respond. <laughs> I was going to say, but... He absolutely had his version of a statement game with Dynamite. I thought Dynamite was the best show on multiple levels in a while because not only did it provide its usual great wrestling, which it always does, um, we had a lot of interesting story elements to sink our teeth into and to, right. to really um, break down and, and, and be interested in seeing progress over the next few weeks. And so because of that and, and, and just the great wrestling and just um, the number of wrestlers that were elevated in one night like younger wrestlers it, it wasn't lost on me um i think it all added up into just a tremendous show so i i guess as we start this this topic here what did you guys think of AEW dynamite this week you've uh you need you need to pick someone to go with otherwise we'll all start answering okay okay anna what do you think of dynamite i thought it was great I think we need to, to talk Dynamite more. We need to dunk on Tony Khan more because when we do it, he just pull up the most generational things. He just goes all out on the booking. So I Yes, bully amazing. him more. Piss him off more. Bully Tony Yeah, let's shit on Dynamite Tony. more. Yes, shit on Dynamite. Anytime people kiss Tony Khan's ass, he starts to like not get lazy, but he gets complacent because it's like, oh, everybody loves my show and so I'm just going to yeah. do what I do. No, make him mad. Tweet things that inspire discourse. Like It makes the show Absolutely. better every time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and it was definitely a show for the bad bitches because Garcia mm. and Hook won. So <laughs> I think it was great. For, <laughs> it was great for women's fans, even though the women's match wasn't all that. But it was great mm. for women's fans. That was great to hear. It was great. Ayo, what did you think of Dynamite? Oh, uh, it was a great Dynamite. You know, it was um, it would have fit right in with like all those generational Dynamites that we had last summer and shit leading up to uh All Out 2021. 
and like they just couldn't miss and every show seemed like a movie and shit. Um <clears throat> I don't think um correlation doesn't really equal causation with us bullying TK or you know Hunter getting the pain and everything's up now. You know, this is the first dynamite in a long time where like TK didn't really have to worry about Ring of Honor at all, you know, like not even just like including Ring of Honor into like the booking plans of Dynamite because you know Dynamite and Rampage are taped the same day. So it's like he had to he had to plan the Ring of Honor stuff and Dynamite on the same day. And then like even outside of that, like he had the Ring of Honor shit hanging over his head. And coming off a of pay-per-view, it's really nobody's thinking about Ring of Honor right now, or like what's this Ring of Honor champion doing or that Ring of Honor champion doing? Like we just know that, right? So right now, all he's worried about is AEW. So I think that might lead back into, you know, TK needs more help with, like, all the booking and everything. Maybe there's too much on his plate where he can't give the generational dynamites as consistently when he has two promotions to worry about. I, you know, I hear what you're saying, but listen, man, I I, I want to make a, a quick Hollywood hangman Adam Pierce PSA, a quick essay before Monty gives his opinion on dynamite and tells you it was before I had an episode. I just want to say that. <laughs> listen everybody yeah I don't, you know it's just a it's a thing when they're born and then they just have this like thing where they're born pissed off and then they don't get sunlight and then like they watch our shows at like they watch our shows at 4 a.m because of the time zone difference so it, it's hard to not just be like angry and depressed and like just really snide about everything you know so like you kind of have to like just cope by being like just pissed off about like everything you see it's just kind of it's it's a psychological thing with the brits but that notwithstanding <laughs> anyway um hollywood hangman adam pierce PSA. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is why scrutiny is good. You're not less of an AEW fan if you shit on the things that are poor. And you're not less of a fan if you hold what you like to a standard. You know, some people will say, oh, you're spoiled. No, shut up. Shut up. If if, if they've shown that they can, they can be at a certain level, then yes, you want to hope that they maintain that level. And it's not a personnel-based thing. Because yes... You know, MJF, CM Punk, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, they they do contribute their unique skill sets to the show uh, to a degree higher than anybody. But, mm -hmm. but Tony Khan is a star maker. He is a star maker. And, 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 and he, and he, you know, when he tries, he can make exciting angles and, and, and position things where we can get good storylines. That's just a thing he's always been able to do. Even when the roster was really, really weak and really, really top heavy. Uh, rains all the goddamn time in the UK. It does. That's that's why they're angry. Um, again, so that's the thing. It's like hold AEW to a standard. Hold them to a standard yeah. because here's the thing: when people call these dynamites that are just good, great, it's so annoying to me personally because I've seen great from AEW. Stop comparing. Stop calling a seven out of ten episode a nine because when you see an actual nine, you realize that they are not the same. They're mm -hmm. not the same. It's like acting like it's like calling Sammy Guevara great and then calling Brian Danielson great. Can we then then, then Danielson has to be a different word if, if if the superlative you're using for Guevara is great, then Danielson is incredible. You know what I'm saying? So again, we have to hold what we like to a standard so that it can it can stay at that standard and 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 we get good shit. Because otherwise, then you get WWE, you know. So I just wanted to point that out there because people get so mad when other people, you know, complain about dynamite and act like it's a problem with the fans. And yes, are wrestling fans whiny? Yes. Are they bitchy? Yes. Are they overdramatic at times? Absolutely. And do they maybe act like the sky is falling when it's not falling? For sure. 
Um, let, but ultimately, let, let, let me hop on that point really fast, hey, man. Because okay. I agree with you. And people yes. call me AW shillings and shit, but like when you something's are. happening that I don't like, I yes. point it on the timeline. Man, I had a whole tirade about this nigga Kyle O'Reilly's push, bro. He's over pushed. Yeah. Niggas yeah. do not want to see that shit. He should not have beat Darby. He should not yeah. have beat off Phoenix. He should mm. not have won the fucking battle royale. Like he's a mm. tag team wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. He's a very good tag team wrestler. But give a singles nigga that push. Give a, somebody who actually has a chance to be a single star that push. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's just mm. like you chicken little ass AEW fans are annoying as fuck, bro. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> act like the fucking sky is falling when, when something happens that you don't like, bro. Like, like, oh, something happens, something's good for WWE, and you niggas just turn into fucking concern trolls. And I can't even call you concern trolls because you don't actually mean the shit. And you're actually stupid enough to believe the shit that y'all is yeah. saying. Like, you just cry all fucking day about something. All day. <laughs> Nigga, go read a fucking book, bro. Like, why are you crying? Act like the WWE. WWE fans act like WWE fans when something's trash. Lie, nigga. I don't know. Like, you niggas are so fucking annoying. <laughs> like, you don't not get tired of crying all the time. Monty, I have a thing. No, I, I, I think I think the, the, the chicken little AEW fans, as he calls them, the sky is falling people. It, it really mm. it, uh, it, it does a correlation between them and the people who um, like AEW specifically for the elite. And uh, later on, I will be giving my psychological PhD breakdown on elite fans, um, which um, it, it it might hurt some feelings. It might be upsetting, but ultimately, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to get it off. I'm, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down. We're going to fight over it. It is what it is. I, yeah, I'm going to prep this. Because I definitely have some things I want to say about Braun Breaker in here. So I'm glad. No, no, we don't. Whoa, whoa, to choose those. Braun Breaker and MJF while we're at it. You know what AO is going to do? AO is going to. It was gonna make us review NXT episodes just to get a shit off. <laughs> He's gonna make it. not NXT episodes, just Braun Breaker matches. This is matches. <laughs> so, so this is the future, huh? This yeah, is what you're right? watching. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, guys, Roosh, I think we could all agree, had by far his best in ring showing in AEW. Right. He uh, was in the opener against John Moxley. They had a match for the interim championship. Um, there was a lot of talk of two willies uh when john moxie was making his entrance um and and jim ross breaking down uh the, the physiology of uh breaking off one of the willies um i just thought that was very interesting banter that i just had to bring up um but no seriously john moxley roosh i thought they had a great match like a genuinely great great match um john moxley bleeds all the time and i never get tired of it it, it feels like he kind of has to bleed like you just it's like you just it's customary like you're john moxley bleed a little bit it's a visual I need to see. Um, I thought they had a great match. Uh, Mox went over clean with the bulldog choke. Uh, what did you guys think of this match, uh, Monty? Uh, yeah, man. I, I think that Roosh has really been quite impressive since he's joined AEW. Like, even yeah. if he went into it knowing what he's been about, I think he's over exceeded expectations. To be honest, he hasn't missed yet. Um, yeah. This was great, man. This was um, mm -hmm. it was heated. Um, Rouge played his part very well. Um, obviously, the result going into it was obvious, but they still managed to make it, like I said, heated. And you know, Moxie bled because he just can't help himself. You know, mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's how quickly he pulls it off, bro. Like, yeah, that's what makes it funny. First, you, you, first head bump, he's just like, <laughs> let's go, dude. Dude, he's he crazy. laid it off a sling blade at Forbidden Door. I was like, man, <laughs> no, like, guy, <laughs> I was like, all right, bro. Like, 
He played it on the sling blade. I was like, whose man is this? Yo? Like, he just, he did not think that through. Anna, what did you think of the opener? Rush is phenomenal. And Hangman, you don't have to pretend you like Latinos. We know the truth. I, I love, you know? I love the Latino yeah, people. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love Mexico. I love Lucha Libre. I love Rush. I love the Munoz family. I love <laughs> La Facción Ingonable. I love Los <laughs> Ingonables. <laughs> I, the accent. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so anyway, continue, Anna, with your propaganda. I, my propaganda, your my propaganda. agenda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to convince everyone that you hate Latinos because yeah, you yeah. still haven't paid me. Listen, listen, I'm I this is a 360 deal. I don't pay my employees. It is what it is. Um, once we get the super chats, I'll, I'll catch up on payments and then we'll go from there. Uh, so there you go. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the opener was amazing. Rush is phenomenal. So the people that didn't know his work before AEW, I'm just so happy that they're getting to know him because Lucha Libre is just phenomenal and Rush just represents that so well. But he has another side that he's just not a spot fest wrestler, he's mm -hmm. not just a high yeah, flyer. No He's, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really aggressive, and it was amazing. He really fit well with Mox, and I felt like it was such a different match from the one he had a, the that before Dishonor against Dragon Lee. It yeah. was just completely different, and he was great at both of them. So I'm just really happy to see him get get the push and get into that position. It's just amazing. Yeah. I I, I want to add that um, real quick. If you're somebody who's new to Roosh and your your introduction to him is is his, his first few matches in AEW. Uh, and you want to see more of Roosh and you are thinking to just watch him in Ring of Honor, don't. Uh, just have this vision of Roosh in your head and just go from there because he's having the best matches of his career right now. And um, I think he's somebody whose quality of work uh, depends on how motivated he is. And I also think that when Roosh tries to be a spot like Lucha Libre guy, he's kind of okay. Um, but Roosh just wrestling, you know, like he did with John, he's just wrestling. Uh, he's even better at that than, be, you know, trying to keep up with, uh, you know, a bandito, for example. You know what I mean? Like him just being a, a power guy, an athletic power guy, it works for him. It works for him. So, again, I, I thought I, I think right now he's really motivated because, look, he's in a he's in a roster where everybody's talented. You know, he's really good. You know, if he mm -hmm. if he shows up and just phones it in and doesn't care and has OK matches, he's going to find himself on 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 rampage and an elevation really fast. You know, and so I'm sure Andrade's probably telling him, like, bro, listen, man, all the eyes are on you. Don't make me look bad. Go out there and absolutely kill it. And so he's been doing a good job. And I thought his match at Mox was great. What did you think of the match, AO? Roosh Tien SA dog and L. You know what that means? No. You know what that means, Hang Man? No. It means Roosh got that dog in him, bro. But um, I'm not really, really. talk about the match. There's not much to be said about the match. Yeah. You know, Roosh fucking hoops, bro. Like, he, mm -hmm. He's a hooper. What I want to talk about is okay. back to you chicken little ass niggas, bro. And I told you guys, mm -hmm. you guys, when, when Roosh popped up at, um, what was it, Revolution? Uh, I want to say double or nothing. I double think. or nothing, I think. Double, no, all right, double or nothing. When Roosh popped up at double or nothing, you guys were like, oh my God, why would TK sign Roosh? Roosh, Roosh will refuse to job. Roosh is a locker room cancer. Roosh, Roosh doesn't like to lose. He's not going to lose. And I told you guys. Roosh was doing that shit in Ring of Honor because he was bigger than Ring of Honor at the time, and he knew it. <laughs> Ring of Honor was literally nothing. That's why he was able to act like that. Then he, Roosh was on his best behavior in, in all in New Japan, and he was gonna yeah. be on his best behavior in AEW. Well, like yeah. you guys have to stop crying about everything. Use some common sense. This nigga Roosh, him being signed to AEW was never a sure thing, and he knows that. Andre mm -hmm. Andrade knows that. 
So he's yeah. gonna come in, he's gonna job to whoever the fuck they tell him to job to, and he was gonna earn his fucking paycheck. And that's what's been happening so far. Yeah. He's been doing it with a smile. Because so, he has to. Because listen, bro, could you imagine like what's gonna happen with the locker room this talented if, if Tony Khan's like, yeah, so uh, Mox goes over and he, he's like, mm, I don't like that. It's like, okay, bro, then <laughs> job to then go job to fucking, fucking go job to Matt Sidell on Dark Elevation. Not even, bro. Go job to go job to Alan Angels on Impact, bro. You oh, fucking like, <laughs> like, you know, like the, someone else will take you. So. Absolutely. Uh, what was the next thing on the show again, Monty? At this, oh no, no, Jericho came out. Chris Jericho yeah. comes out, and the JS come out, and Anna J is in this full red outfit, and she grabs the microphone and she like screams a lot about uh, her decision to join the JS. I wasn't really sure what she was cooking there, um, but she definitely <laughs> gave her, you know, his her her whole stuff about joining the stable. But uh, the real the real point of this was Jericho informing us that he's going to be facing John Moxley for the AEW championship, the interim AEW championship um, on dynamite quake in the lake uh, uh, in two weeks. So he, he had quake in the lake. So that's going to be the championship match they're building to in two weeks. And John grabbed the mic and he was talking about how, you know, he hates the sports entertainment bullshit and how he wants Jericho to leave all the trash at home and that the guy he wants is not Chris Jericho, the man of all the monikers that he's had and all the trademarks. He wants Chris Jericho, um, who was the last survivor of the Hard Dungeon. He wants Chris Jericho that he saw in the, in the Japan tapes at the Super J Cups. He wants the Lionheart. And so we already have our match set. Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. Uh, you know, Death Rider versus Lionheart. Um, so I thought I thought Mox's promo was, was great. He made a point to say, screw interim, I am the world champion which to me is seeds for CM Punk. And and when we get that going and the fan base war that that's going to result in on Twitter. That should have um, been a promo he cut the second that he touched that belt. But I agree. I'm happy that it eventually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying like, not nah, after that, I'm 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 here. Like, I'm the yeah. champion. I'm not the interim, bro. Like, I, it, it's an interesting dynamic because like, you know, it'd be one thing if like Punk got to do a lot with the title and then had to leave and then we had an interim, but Punk won it and immediately left. And so it really does just feel like Mox is the champion. Um, so that's going to be interesting. But in regards to this promo, I thought this was was good stuff. Um, it makes sense to do a John Moxley Chris Jericho match. I've been saying it for a few months now on the podcast. Like it just makes yeah. sense to do it. Uh, so it's good that they're going to get a good rating out of that and, and and get that out of the way before we move on to the next thing with, with Moxley. Uh, the segment was good. Um, I, I I to to, to be a, a dorky nitpicker, it, it is funny just how much um like uh, I guess like. N- nerd bait nostalgia we're giving like Lionheart Chris Jericho because uh m- most people don't know this version of Chris and it's not the best yeah, version they, of they Chris. saw the clips on Twitter though I, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say it's not even the best version of Chris Jericho uh so it's just kind of funny but but you know at the end of the day um you know I get it and and Tony you know Tony I, I get it you know what I mean um but yeah I, good segment I'm looking forward to the match what did you guys think of the segment uh Anna First off, Anna Jay's promo was yeah, it was definitely a promo. It, it happened. Was promo. It was yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a promo. She yeah. was on her Vicky Guerrero shit. I just I, I didn't it. really like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and you know the, the entire thing of the Jericho Appreciation Society is kind of mocking WWE. So she, when she started yeah. the promo, she said, "I'm the sexiest and the toughest." Was she trying to do an ESD thing? I I don't uh, know. Maybe 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 who's, maybe. Who's uh, me, oh, Carmella. Carmella, right? Carmella. Oh. That's funny. Like, oh my <laughs> god, you... beautiful girl in WWE gimmick and shit. Maybe no, yo. Oh my god. I I, I don't want to say. You have to. No, but like if you have to take inspiration from anyone in WWE, you're gonna choose Carmella. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I real quick before you continue, Anna, I, I do want to say that uh um appreciate us as the acknowledge acknowledge me parody line is really funny. Like it's just really funny. It's it was. Yeah, it was. Continue, Anna. Yeah. But first of all, Quake by the Lake is a horrible name. Making the lake I just <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good name at all. It, it, it it's not like, great. It sounds like a like a porn title. Like it's well, not, oh, bro. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what what are you watching, bro? I listen. I you know. You gotta be adventurous. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the wrestling podcast <laughs> is is it Quake by the lake or Quake in the lake? Is it by the lake? I think. I, I think it's even, by the lake. That's yeah. even funny. What's <laughs> 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 That's such a shitty name. It's so oh, man, bro, remember when he done beat break in like Cleveland or something? <laughs> <laughs> in, in in like January or February, like. It's, <laughs> Like, who's talking about beaches in Cleveland in February when it's snowing? Like, no, it's just uh, Minnesota has the uh, has the Great Lakes, lakes. over there. That's why it's Quake at the Lake. You know, uh, look, look, look the Los Angeles Hollywood. Lakers. They're what the, happened? They're the Los Angeles Lakers because they what? used to be the Minnesota Lakers. W- WCF. So I, lakes over there. I thought it was. I thought this was a Christian podcast. Um, <laughs> you could have called it. Someone could come up with a better name. Call it. Call it Minneapolis. Jordan. Jordan Pad Two. You white Joshi loving pervert, bro. You <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to push his white he's not, he's not even here. To else. No, he's not. he's not. He's not. He's um, not. I, I I think it's I think it's a, a hilarious name. It's almost as bad as Great Balls of Fire. Um, <laughs> call it. Yo, honestly, I don't I don't see what's so bad with the name, bro. The Quake by the Lake. It's it feels like a parody name. Yo, when Jericho said it. I swear to God, I thought like it was like a joke. Like I thought like that's not the well, actual. Niggas, the niggas got wakes, bro. They about to get the quaking over there. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? Like, about to get it's, the quaking. It's, <laughs> oh, but stop saying the word quaking. It sounds like, <laughs> like a fake show that Rock would list off in a promo. Like he'd be like. I don't care if it's raised in a cage, hell in a cell, quake by the lake. The rock is gonna take you. To, like it sounds like that type of oh, thing, you know. Weird. But yeah, yeah. And, and, Anna, what yeah. do you think of the Jericho Mox matchup? You know, how do you think? Where do you think this is all going? Yeah, I think it's better that it's happening at Quake by the Lake because it's not a match <laughs> that I wanted to see at uh, All Out. I yeah. think All Out has to be Mox and CM Punk. If, Punk is back by then, but I think yeah. it's great that they're doing it, and they're doing it before Mox eventually lose the title again. So, mm. I it was a really good promo by Mox. Mox never misses with the promos. Come never, on. never, never, ever, ever, Just ever. Never. Monty, what do you yeah. make of it? Um, so the the promo was whatever. The Anna J thing was, you know, it's a it's a new character for her. We'll give her mm-hmm. some time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we'll call it an adjusting period. 
Um, but yeah, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley at Quake of the Lake. Um, the thing that popped, the thing that popped me about it a lot was that you know they're doing it on Dynamite in two weeks. It kind of felt like a signal, sort of relief for me that um, I think Punk is going to be back at All Out. To be honest, um, because you know there was reports that his recovery was coming along all right. Then there was the you know the San Diego Comic Con report. I believe it was PW Insider who were like you know. He was in a lot of pain backstage. He was always always in his foot, this, this and that. So it was kind of a, it was a bit dicey for a moment, for me at least. But I think that feels like a signal that Punk's going to be back because with the way that they've done the Blackpool Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation Society stuff, it does feel like, you know, Jericho, you know, it makes a lot of sense for Jericho to get, um, you know, that shot at Moxley, especially with even like their history of um, having the world title matches before, Jericho not having his rematch with Moxley, etc., etc. It just makes sense. So um, I was thinking if Punk wasn't going to be back, that would probably be the all-out match. But like I said, with um, with them doing it in two weeks, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I am expecting Punk to be back at this point, to be honest. But uh, for the matchup, like I said, it makes a lot of sense, storyline sense. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, you know, Moxley's genuinely... Like, arguably the best wrestler in the world at the moment. He's on like the run of his career easily for me. And uh, Jericho, man, like Jericho's on this ever since he started the Jericho Appreciation Society and started the feud with Kingston, he's been great to be honest. So, you know, um, not something I'm overly excited about, but it makes sense and I think it will be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and just I, another thing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just another no, no, thing about fine, the, the lion. Yeah, the lion hurting. I think just that Moxley saw Chris Jericho come out as the pain maker and he said, All right, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not teasing him with yeah. that. <laughs> do no, I was kind of worrying that's what he was gonna say. I'll be honest. Like, when he was listening through the names, like I don't want the sports entertainer, I don't want this, I don't want that. I was you like, oh, no. I was like, oh no, he's not gonna say the pain maker again. <laughs> the pain maker's lame. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you guys. I agree with you guys. Um, Ao, what do you think Jericho should do for All Out after this? Uh, after after this this Moxie match, do you, do you think he's heading towards a, a match with Danielson? What do you what, where do you think where do you think he goes? Um, All Out's when it, All Out's the first week of September, right? So that's actually pretty yes. close. Yes. Um, so there's not going to be enough time to create an entire feud. I'm not sure no. if he should have. No, not a Danielson match. He should, Eddie should probably get his win back, honestly. And just end Part the, three. And that should be the end of BCC versus JAS. Because there's really yeah. there's really no point of um, I mean it would, it makes sense for um Jericho to go over now in hindsight with um with Jericho getting a title shot. And I think yeah. I think this has the potential to be a really good feud and a really good match and stuff with um Jericho's new like King's Road style of, of wrestling and stuff that he's adopted now. Ever since really the Eddie matches, Eddie but um, man. yeah, Eddie should probably get his win back and just and that should bookend the feud. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. No, that makes total sense to me. I am curious. Like, uh, we we're at the point now in the feud where it's gone so long. It's like, what is the ending? And uh, mm-hmm. I think we do probably start. We, we probably do end where we started, which is Eddie Kingston and Jericho. Um, so you know that's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Eddie Kingston, I said this to you, Monty, like in the past, uh, he has so many built-in feuds right now. Like he has built-in feuds with Danielson, with um, with uh, Audio, Audio Castagnoli, CM Punk. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. he's, he's a guy that like, just cause of the nature of how he is and how like he, a lot of his feuds are unresolved, which is why he, it's like this, you know what I mean? Like there, there's still stuff on the table for the CM Punk stuff. You know, there's still stuff on the table for Jericho. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's just, uh, there's so many ways he can go after this. So I'm just really interested to see that in the fall season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them cap it off him and Jericho having a trilogy under. That just makes me wonder then what is what is Daniels? If that is the case, what does Daniels do all out? Honestly, I, I, I was going to touch on this too in my original answer. I wouldn't be opposed at, to a um, six-man tag capping it off as well. Mm. I know, like, six-man tags have, like, the stigma or whatever, but between the JS and the uh, BCC, like, there's a lot of hoopers involved. Like, they could really make it a, a really good match. And just all right, like, this is finally done. Moving on to something else. For mm. sure, for sure, for sure. The next stuff on the show was uh was correct me if I'm wrong, Monty. I mean, I don't know if you have the lineup. I don't. I've been going off the top of my head. Um, no, I've, got, I've got it. Yeah. I've got yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was the Danhausen stuff, right? Well, there's a few things before that. So got you, um, got you. Go, let's, let's which, go through. It's kind of um, it's gonna bring up the point when I talk about it. But they announced yeah. the trios belt. Oh. And um. The way they done this was fucking incredible. <laughs> I think AEW just have, you know, the match finished or whatever it was, or it might, it may be the Dante promo came first because uh, Dante cut a promo with Sky Blue. But um, either way, they just you know smash cut to the announcer's desk and there's titles there, and it's like, well, here's here's the trios belts, and it was just, I don't know, man. No, the way they done the same thing with the All Atlantic title where they just you know it's just at the commentator's desk and they were like, well. Here it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, when you're unveiling about, I wish they had uh, kind of give it a bit more juice. But yeah, AEW trios belts, obviously about that. Well, set of belts that you know, pretty much the majority of AEW fans have been waiting on for a long time now. Kind of feels like the bat signal for Kenny Omega, of course, because mm-hmm. Tony's mentioned in the past he didn't want to bring in trios belts before he could come back, and you know, um, he's. We all know how much Tony Khan loves the trio of Tony Khan and the books, you know? So, um, yeah, like I said, it kind of feels like a bat signal for Kenny Omega. But, you know, we finally got the bouts that a lot of fans are asking for. So, yeah, back up, Hangman. Uh, what's your kind of take on the the way that they announced it and, of course, you know, the the idea of AEW finally having trios bouts? I think it's uh, really interesting that this dynamite basically gave you subtle indications that CM Punk and Kenny Omega are back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Monty's doing right now. There he is. He's back again. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> okay. I. Yeah. I. It's interesting. Uh, it's exciting because it's like, all right, Omega. We already heard the report about how the Bucks are not doing FTR at All Out because they're probably going to do something with Kenny in a trios match. So obviously, it's going to be the tournament. Uh, so they. Did they say that the tournament finals were at all out? Um, yeah. I'm, we should probably know. Yeah, the finals, the the yeah, champions were crowned at all out. Then, then that means that presumably, unless it's hung bucks, uh, <laughs> presumably then Kenny Omega is going to be back like in like two or three weeks, uh, which is which is pretty exciting, you know, because yeah. Kenny Omega is one of the better wrestlers ever. You know, he's one of the better wrestlers in the world. He's better than pretty much everybody not named, you know, CM Punk and Brian Danielson. So, yeah, man, I'm really happy to see Kenny Omega back doing what he does. You want to start this again, Hangman? Because, you know, the last time you try to put, the last time you try to pitch Chicago Phil 
against Kenny Omega. You know what the big AO side of Twitter did? They made you cry, nigga. They made you cry. And you, you was crying in your keyboard. You was like, I don't want to do these jokes anymore. I was just kidding, guys. Don't, don't, even, don't, don't do this, bro. Don't Listen, do this. Ty Tyson Smith is a very talented wrestler who, who, who helped who held wow. the fort who held the fort down for hardcore fans uh, in the absence of Brian Danielson and CM Punk when they were both uh, inactive. And I respect him for his contributions to wrestling that he was able to do uh, until the daddies came back. And so wow. I respect I respect Tyson Smith and all his contributions. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I don't, don't want to make it seem like I don't respect Chicago Phil. You know, Kenny Omega, he's probably the best in the world right now. He's up there, you know, Kazuchika Okada, you know, Brian Danielson. He's also Chicago Phil. You know, Kenny's the best bout machine. Phil's the best botch machine, you know. He just oh botch, my, botch, oh botch, my. And, and you have SA man over here talking about how that just adds to his legacy. And just you know, it, it, Phil, it adds to Chicago Phil's not perfect. That's why he's we were able perfect. to forgive his botch. You know, he's not I've never seen the Miz botch a power bomb. Maybe yeah, he has, maybe he hasn't. I see Chicago Phil do it. CM, CM Punk. Say. CM Punk is the Van Gogh of wrestling. He never colored inside the lines, and I think that adds to just the just just the aura, the the flavor, the the <laughs> texture of, of his wrestling, um, a, a, a texture that's just unmatched by anybody that isn't Brian Danielson in the world. Um, and again, it, it's fine that Tyson Smith doesn't doesn't approach this level of texture, but but, 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 but what he does do is he he does things with it with his friends, the Young Bucks, that you know. Are really sparkly and exciting, and I'm really happy to see these sparkly and exciting things in AEW. I, I missed it, and so I'm looking forward to seeing um, Christopher Massey and uh, Nick. What was it, Nick Massey, uh, teaming with Tyson Smith? Um, they should be the first Shield champion, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm looking forward to all of that. So what was the next segment? You know, I wish I wish I could say that I'm looking forward to um, um Daniel Wheeler. And <laughs> I But I'm not, bro. I'm not. They're boring. All right. They don't have, they don't have the flair. They don't have the, the finesse. They don't have the artistic style that the elite do. You know what I'm saying? I think you have some fucking culture. Hang on. I think you've been somewhere before. I think you've seen a wrestling match before. Respect the elite. It's because of my culture. That I can I can savor oh, I can savor the southern tinge to, to <laughs> yo savor the grown man's tinge. He's the hangman's talking about that man like the crumble. Yo, why is savoring their tinge? <laughs> I, I, I think that I, I don't know savor just the, the southern tinge. The, the, the very the very broth that they leave behind when they have their their southern <laughs> their southern influence tag matches I, I think with cm punk's canadian bret hart heart dungeon texture and and, and, and just it's it's going to be amazing i'm looking forward to seeing cmftr um and so look all that's going to be great and so i i am looking forward to, to seeing all that hopefully they're um hopefully they'll um structure a match by themselves, and they won't. They won't boot up Peacock and be the Bret Hart merchants that they are. Wow, we've seen, we've seen those matches already. We don't need to say hey, CM Punk and, and FTR. If you guys are listening, um, you guys have covered a lot of '94 Bret. Uh, just just hit up hit up '97. You know what I'm saying? Hit up '97. Bret was doing '97. That needs to go around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot. There's a lot more Bret to get into. Uh, hey, real so quick, shout out to my close uh personal friend Michael Hickenbottom. Sean Michaels, <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid. 
Shout out to him, bro. <laughs> I see you doing your thing over there at the Fed, man. You you was always better than that uh pink and black merchant. Fuck with you, Sean. <laughs> Monty, someone DM me and said he said he said hangman and AO are, are Magneto and Professor X right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, yeah. you're not gonna, you know what this feels like? This feels like a promo where like both guys have gigantic egos and they don't want to. They want to have the last word in the promo and cue their music. And like my music is playing in AO. I was like, wait, oh, one more thing, one more thing. And then it's just fucking fine. Yo, shout uh, out to Michael Hickenbottom. Yeah, Shawn Michaels is pretty good. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good wrestler. He's he's he's, he's uh, be- better than the best there is. The best there wasn't the better. Uh, <laughs> better than him. He he certainly influenced uh uh th- those guys who uh, learned wrestling in a trampoline and uh you know mm-hmm. <laughs> are friends with Hangman Page and 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 Tyson Smith and uh you know guys like that. Uh, Monty, what was the next segment, brother? Uh, <laughs> so we got we got the. Go ahead, Martin. Yo. So, uh, we had a we had the uh, Dante Dante Martin promo with Sky Blue. There's uh there's honestly not too much to say about that, so we'll kind of just gloss over it. Um, then we had the Ricky Starks deal, which um opened up. Obviously, it was Ricky Starks versus Danhausen in the first match, and um, we got a really cool video package of Ricky Starks before he made his entrance, which um it definitely popped to her. It was just kind of um. I don't even know how to explain it. It was like um, it was almost like a car rad without the car, you know. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It was so it was something. It was great. It made Ricky come off like a star. It looked like a big star, really. Um, and yeah, Ricky starts versus Danhausen. Um, then that was followed by Ricky issuing an open challenge to anyone in the back who wants to face him because he still felt fresh after the Danhausen match. And then out comes Hook. And then we had another match, which was infinitely better for a match that only went, how long would you say it was? Or two minutes? Three minutes? <laughs> it was brilliant. It was executed perfectly. Um, so, yeah, we have a new FTW champion, Hook. Um, I'll start with you, Ayo. Uh, what were your thoughts on the whole Ricky Starks, Dan Howes, um, FTW, Hook, that chunk of the show? Then that of course was, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to the later stuff after we go around about the match. Yeah, that was that was a that was a beautiful segment. I liked it a lot. You know, they um Ricky Starks, he um he actually dropped this promo, like something very similar to this on like on Twitter and on Reddit like years ago when he was still yeah. in the NWA, maybe even just breaking when he, first, when he first joined um when he was first joining AW, I remember is his tweet it was like his ping tweet for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or something something very similar to this when you like mm-hmm. introduce yourself to stroke daddy pause oh mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was and everybody's like yo we need to get this on um we need to get this on dynamite we need to get this on dynamite i like that they did a high budget version of that you know they, yeah. they make him look like a huge star um the the only thing that i didn't like about this whole thing is like they made him fucking sell for dan housing when tony needs fucking destroyed him which is like why is why is Ricky Starks, who's like much higher in the card, like presented as a much bigger deal than Tony Nese? Like, why is he like it's not it wasn't a back and forth affair or anything like that, but like he was selling for Dan Housing, he was holding his neck after the match and shit. Just like if they I don't know, maybe they should have had a different opponent, but then made the, the hook thing's not really tied to anybody else but Dan Housing. 
and FTW, but uh, no, it was awesome. I liked it a lot. I think it was it was the right uh, choice to get the belt off him now because for people that don't know and I was crying this whole time, what is FT like? Why why doesn't Ricky Starks get title matches? Why doesn't Ricky Starks get title matches? Taz was deluded enough to think that like, bro, fuck the world championship. Like that was what the belt meant. Fuck the world championship. I got my belt here. Like fuck that shit. And now that <laughs> Ricky doesn't have that shit and he's not beholden to that anymore, it's Ricky can go for some real belts, real singles belts. Yeah, man. Um, Anna, what was your whole take on the um, Ricky Starks, Dan Housen, Hulk deal? I loved it. I think I said it last week that I thought that this was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to mm-hmm. happen so fast. <laughs> I didn't know who yeah. was going to come out and win the title just like that. It was amazing. And seeing Tess being able to commentate his son winning the title that he created was just such an awesome moment. And I liked that it wasn't sort of, I mean, the end of Team Tess came later, but the whole hook beating Ricky thing, they, they finished fist bumping, so mm-hmm. things were cool between them. And it's, I think the FTW title really fits Hook more than any other title would right now. I yeah, don't think cool. he's at the point of getting the TNT or the World Championship, but it's cool that he has a championship. And being that one, he can keep on having his short matches, being cool as fuck like he always is. And I'm happy for Ricky. I think he's ready. That man will just strap a rocket to him. He's fucking ready. Just yeah. push them to push them in. Just push him to. He's phenomenal. He's amazing. Yeah. I love Rick Starks. Yeah. Ricky Starks has been ready, man. Um, I think a lot yeah. of people have been calling for a night like last night for him um, for a while now. But uh, yeah, back up, man. What are your takes on the the first two parts of the three-part Ricky Starks story we got last night? I have nothing to say about the mime, but Ricky Starks' uh, introduction was tremendous. Oh, um, it was it, it was it was a great big budget version of what he was doing when he was. Um, the man formerly known as Stroke Daddy. Uh, it was tremendous. Ricky Starks is a superstar. He's been a superstar. Um, I've been saying it for weeks, for months, for over a year now. I am tired of Ricky Starks pre-tapes. This is a guy who should be speaking regularly because he's a tremendous talent. Um, so I'm really happy for him. It's funny that he's losing a championship and getting elevated by in doing so. It's almost like he's graduating to the next grade and Hook is now in the grade that Ricky Starks is in, so to speak, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and, and Ricky's giving him a hand-me-down that, uh, by his own words, uh, has more value than it did when he was holding it, um, mm-hmm. which you know, to, you, you could argue is like a, a really subtle dig at, at Brian Cage. But uh, nevertheless... Bro, Brian Cage treated that belt like it was a piece of shit. Like, he was just <laughs> throwing it all over. Like, before it was even like the storyline that he was like feuding with like Team Taz or whatever, like, he did not give a fuck about that belt. Yeah, look, look. A belt is as important as you make it. Really, belts can have as much value as you want to uh, attribute to it, and and that it depends on your booking, the matches that you have for it, how you treat it. Um, and so the FTW belt in AEW has been a belt that's uh, the value of it fluctuates, you know. And part of it's the booking, but you know, if you want to argue that Brian maybe didn't do his part to make it feel a certain way, I mean, go for it. Uh, regarding Ricky Starks. Yeah, I, I said this on Twitter that the impromptu match uh, announcement that that you know Hook is coming out, like the the pop of this random out of nowhere match that like wasn't scheduled, um, and, and then him just winning it right there on the spot with the crowd like being really excited for it, it was very um, it's very EC, ECW like. Yeah. It, it's a very it's a Paul Heyman move, which again is just a really funny thing. You know, the day that we hear that Paul Heyman's getting some power, 
that you know tony khan kind of does a little wink wink nudge nudge nod to his his sensei um i thought this was really cool hook is awesome he's just such a cool wrestler um and so i'm, I'm really happy for him like anna said it's it's a cool moment that that you know his father got to got to commentate over this it was really beautiful um ricky starks's promo that he cut was really 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 great in my opinion um and everything he said in it was totally true, man. He's he's a great talent and enough waiting. You know, now's the time really to start going hard with just cementing some of these guys, especially in the wake of the news of, you know, the competition. You know, now is the time to get those guys who, who knows, maybe they were going to be on the fence and kind of secure them and make them, let them know, you know, no, this is the I place where you're, value you. this mm-hmm. is the place where you're going to become a superstar. Don't even think about it. This mm-hmm. is the place that that's what it felt like with Ricky yesterday, where it was like Tony was like, let me stop bullshitting with Ricky, you know, and 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 so that was good to see. I'm really happy for Ricky. And, uh, you know, we'll get to the next story beat. But uh, I, 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 wanna, I thought I want to touch on what you said. I forgot. Yeah. To, um, shout out to Hook, bro, because like, yeah. without Hook being as awesome as he is, that segment would not have worked. You no, know, it's yeah. very rare that like someone who is a literal fucking meme, like is mm-hmm. able to like transcend that. And be good, Ooh, like yeah, we like and be good on their own merit. Like, how often does that happen? Uh, fucking Lamelo Ball was a meme for a very long time. Transcended mm. that he's awesome NBA player. Hook was a meme for a very long fucking time because he was just like Taz's son who was mute and fucking just stood there with his messed up hair and his hoodie and shit with the fucking name Hook and shit. It's just like, but he's turning into like he's turning into much watch t- must watch TV. And it's like it's dope for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so we'll go into the next part of it with Ricky Starks, which was um, the headline maker. We'll say obviously Hook winning the FTW title was, you know, it's a big deal, especially with you know the Hook Taz connection. And everything it's uh, it's definitely good stuff. But the main meat of this whole Ricky Starks deal was uh, Ricky Starks got on the mic after he lost about the Hook, and he cuts this like. Incredible baby face promo. I owe you, um, you echoing. I don't know what you're doing. You're echoing. Um, you're still echoing. I what? What have you done? Hey, what's going on? You, you're not. Are you by the mic, man? I'm echoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, echoing. you're echoing a little bit. I don't know what happened. Is it? Is it still going? Testing, <clears throat> testing, testing, test. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good right. now. We're good. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, Ricky Starks cuts this incredible babyface, blatantly babyface promo about like how he knows he's lost a lot, but he knows that he's added value to the FTW title and he's made something of it. And then he goes into about to cut something to do with you know he says me and Hobbs, then Hobbs just absolutely blows his fucking head off <laughs> with a uh, a lariat of sorts, just a short arm lariat sort of thing, and. That's the end of Team Taz, it looks like. Uh, Hobbs shocked everyone in the arena, shocked everyone watching, I think. I don't think there was anyone who was expecting it to happen right there and then in that manner. But um, I thought it was really well done, to be honest. And like I said, the, the promo that starts caught before the turn was incredible. So, yeah, re- really good, hot angle, um, elevating, and just um, just really great stuff if you're a Ricky Starks fan. Um, I'll go to you first, back up, Hangman. Uh, what was yeah. your take on the whole Hobbs turning on Ricky Starks deal and, of course, the Starks promo before it? It speaks to my investment in these characters that 
Um, I watched this angle where, you know, wrestling is a business that has all kinds of swerves and turns. And, you know, I watch it and I go, yeah, that was that was an interesting thing or that was a cool story thing. But with this, it was it was like my my jaw dropped and I was like, no, Hobbs, no. Like I reacted like I was watching a movie, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, no, you you piece of shit. Like, why did you do that to Ricky Starks, man? Like, that's your boy. I, I like I reacted like like this was a shoot. And, and that's good because I think yeah. AW proved last year with some of the stuff with like the hangman story that. You know, even though we all know that this is, you know, this is just, uh, it's all a work and everything. You can, can rile real emotions out of people. You can make people feel real things uh, as if they're watching a TV show if the characters are interesting and the stories are good. And with, with Hobbs doing that to Ricky, like, I I felt, like, betrayed personally. I was like, damn, man, like, why did <laughs> yeah. you do that? Like, no, what the fuck, Will Hobbs? Uh, and so that's the desired reaction. Uh she Peach said I fell to my knees for real. No, seriously, man. Like I I was so mad at Will Hobbs. I was really, really upset at him. And that's what this is what I've been talking about. You know, people talk about AEW hasn't declined or these shows are still great. Ultimately, I think AEW's at its best when they're having great stories to go with their great um their great matches. And we needed some top storylines that we were really, really passionate about. You know, not just like, okay, that was a cool angle to set up this match. My timeline exploded in a way that I haven't seen in ages. That's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> when, when Hobbs turned, man, it was like, it was genuinely like a betrayal. It was heartbreaking. And and AEW, again, it's at their best when you're you're following these characters and you're really invested and you're, you're emotional towards where they go. You know what I mean? And, and uh, this is going to be one of those stories that people are going to be really following closely and they're going to feel really passionate about and they're going to follow the characters and get invested in it like it's a TV show. And that's that's what you want out of wrestling. You know, even beyond the, you know, this match will bang. You want to really, really get hooked on the stories. And, you know, as we see later, like that's what the elite do. And that's why they're really successful at just kind of getting people to watch wrestling emotionally, not just, you know, you know. Like it's watch it emotionally. Like that's 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 important and that's a skill and and ultimately it's a good thing overall. So my reaction to the angle, well done, masterfully well, just on on every level. It, it, it it's it's so well put together. You got hooked to a new level. You got Ricky Starks to a new level. You got Hobbs to a new level, and you did it by breaking them up and repositioning them. And so it was just uh, it was one of Tony's best angles uh, when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, so it was, it was, it was just well put together. My only complaint, and it's it's a very, very minor complaint, because I'm willing to. AW has earned um the right to like let us, uh, like let it play out. Like people say, wrestling fans say that as a meme, because it's never going to play out well. But like AW's earned the right for us to like let it play out. But I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about turning Ricky baby. There's just so many fucking baby faces. Like there's so many baby faces. It's like they, they could have used another hue. I feel like, and like, who knows what's going on with the elite? If they're really gonna join back with Hangman, you know, Kenny's gonna come back. Kenny's gonna be a babyface. He can't come back as a heel. So it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of saturated on that side over there. You know, Brian Anderson yeah. is a babyface now again. You have Wardlow who just turned into a babyface. Then you have all of the champions are babyfaces right now. Like, so I don't know, but we'll see. Definitely, uh, Anna. What was your take on the whole? Um, you know. The whole heel turn, and uh, of course the Ricky Starks promo beforehand. Yeah, the Ricky Starks promo was just amazing. And the thing with AEW is that they build up heel turns for so long that sometimes they even 
miss the timing like Jimmy Hater and all that. Mm -hmm. But they just yeah. love to build uh, heel turns with so much detail. So when a heel turn just comes out of nowhere, it's especially shocking when it happens in AEW. When it happens in WWE, we're just like, okay, yeah. it's bad booking because you just turn people all the time. There's absolutely yeah. no planning. Vince is bored. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it just happens. <laughs> but in AEW, it's it's so rare to see a huge turn just happens out of nowhere. It's, it's really rare. So it was shocking. It hurt, mm -hmm. it hurt more than my parents' divorce. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> No, it, oh my God. <laughs> he just tried to slide that in like it was. <laughs> no, 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 it's just, it was, it was shocking. I was, I was, it broke me. Honestly, I was, I was so upset because in my head, Team Tesla were next in line for the tech titles, especially oh. after Swerve and Kitley won. So I, I just had in my head for sure that they, they were going to win it. So I just, so it just caught me by surprise. I, you it really broke me. I think it was amazing. And I'm excited to see how he can, how Rick is going to be as a baby face. I think I know there's a lot of baby faces like Ayo said, but he's, I think he's going to be a different kind of baby face. So I'm, I'm interested in, especially, I'm especially interested in seeing how House will be as a singles competitor and as a heel. Because now that Wardle is a baby face, that big heel guy part, part is just it's empty they just need someone to put there and i think hop's gonna be phenomenal at that i really want to see how hop's gonna do in a singles run yeah definitely Ho yeah hopefully does um hopefully hobbs does elevate to the occasion because to ao's point as well like on the heel side um it's not weak or anything by any means it's literally no, impossible with it's literally impossible with the roster they've got that's obviously not what he was saying at all but um me and me and Joe, who obviously a lot of you guys who watch this channel know already, uh, we do we kind of we all we like to have this conversation about like depth charts, not like, where do like who are the top baby faces, who are the top heels in each company, sort of thing. And when you compare like the AEW baby face side to the heel side, especially now Danielson's back as well, and there's still a few injuries and stuff, um, it really is something. So, like on the baby face side for the men, you've got Moxley, Hangman, Danielson's back now. You've got Kingston, Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, Miro, Claudio, Darby. Then obviously you've got Yu who's also in the mix. Paku's in the mix as well. Um, you know the Lucha Brothers. Then on the heel side, it's Chris Jericho, Christian Cage, Malakoi Black, Andrade, Sammy Guevara, Brody. Scorpio Sky, Daniel Garcia, Jay Lee, Full, Ethan Page. But there, there is definitely a, like a pretty substantial difference in those two. Right. Sort of thing. So um, it's definitely it's definitely a point worth bringing up. But at least we do get the hubs on the hillside, and um, I think Rick, I think Ricky Starks as a babyface is. I think he'll be a completely different animal. Like. Um, we got a glimpse of it last night with that, you know, twenty-second promo, whatever it was. The guy is, um, I think, he's going to prove a lot of what a lot of us already know. But he's when it comes to like prospects, I know he's not exactly like as young as some of the other ones. Yeah, um, I think he's like in his early thirties or something like that. Um, but when it comes to people that you know people try and see going far in the future, I think he's one of the main standout ones, and I think he's going to prove that he's. Um, built different <laughs> to be honest i think ricky starts this baby face one is going to be like 
as long as it's booked properly and he gets the time and attention that he needs and he can do the in-ring promos and he can really get himself over, I think he's going to do exactly that. And um, I think he's, this push could end up being accelerated if it goes how I think it's going to go. So, um, yeah, man, Ricky Starks, Babyface, Hobbs, uh, Hill, Team Taz has imploded. <laughs> um, heartbreaking stuff. But, yeah, moving on. The next thing we had was an acclaim promo. They cut a promo on the ass boys. It was pretty um pretty much what you'd expect. I don't think we're gonna do 10 minutes reviewing that to be honest. No. Um, but next up we had a uh, Sammy Guevara with Tay Conti versus mm. Dante Martin, who had mm. Scott Blue in his corner as well. So uh mm. yeah, this was this was what I expected to be honest. Um it was a good match, they've done a lot of stuff, um a lot of flippy stuff and shit, you know. Um but in the in the good way, I'm not saying that as a uh, as a dig or anything like that. There was yeah. that crazy spot when Dante done the dive off the uh, done the dive off the stage. Yeah, um, that was great. But he looked like he was like mm. he's his spring or whatever you want to call it. Um, his hang time. It's insane. <laughs> he floats. <laughs> yeah, he literally when when he's he literally floated in midair before kind of making the full rotation to land on him. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy how he does that. It's like he jump and then he, he it's like he stays in midair for like a second and then drops. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it was not cool. Um, yeah, carry on. Yeah, carry on, Hangman. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I I I really like this actually. Uh, you know, um, Dante did really really good with the with the uh, with the other guy. And uh, I thought it was, um, I thought it was, I thought it was Dante's best on on his end, uh, his best performance of the year overall. And I'm not just talking about execution of moves. I I think, I think he showed a lot of like personality. Like he, um, yeah, he did. He had a lot of, there's a lot of like just kind of quirkiness he was giving like to Sammy, Mm -hmm. uh, the other guy. Um, And he like just, you know, imitating him and mocking him and just being kind of funny and quirky and charming. His facial expressions, his timing. Um, I thought that he more than just an exhibitionist of of athleticism, he was more of a performer yesterday. And and I think that's the next big step in his development uh, and becoming a star in wrestling is to be more of a performer than just a guy who does things. And, you know, just that aside, I think one of the biggest things for for Martin is is, – how is he going to be able to put it all together to just be a guy who can have wrestling matches rather than just, you know, be a guy who's just a great hot tag or a guy who needs someone else kind of in there with him to kind of do the in-between stuff. Um, but I think yesterday was a big step for him. And he was the first of many young talents on this show who came out smelling like roses. Uh, his, his Kurt Angle stage dive was, was, was so cool. No. Um, it looks like we're, we're building to uh, a mixed tag. <laughs> with Sky Blue and well, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> Sky Blue and Dante versus Ty Conti and the other guy. And so um, you know, I'm sure why not? Why not? Uh that was that was interesting. Um heavy Blackpool, sorry, no, heavy JAS presence on the show overall, yes. which uh I'd imagine was maybe by design. I think in a way it almost accelerates the uh build for Moxley and Jericho because it's so short notice. But I think just kind of having JAS presence so heavy on the show and just making them really uh, a forefront, I think it just kind of adds to just, you know, n- not skipping chapters of this big story since we only have so much time. You want to kind of, so they're just trying to fit it all in, in one show, which is fine. Uh, so I really like this. I, I think that because AEW now has so much variety in styles, it makes the, the, the flippy matches um, more of a treat on the show. Like I really, I really appreciate them. You know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think eating cupcakes 
as your entire diet is healthy, you shouldn't eat cupcakes for dinner. You shouldn't eat them for breakfast, and you shouldn't live off cupcakes. But cupcakes are great. You know, if, if I eat a cupcake after I, after I had my steak, I mean, that's awesome. You know, who doesn't like a cupcake as a snack? You know, and so Tony Khan, please continue to provide me these cupcakes as, as a dessert after you provide me a lovely full course meal. Uh, I appreciated this. Fucking, even the fucking analogies, man. <laughs> They're amazing. Go ahead, Monty. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna do what you was about to do and pass the bat oh, to uh, sure, Ayo. Sure. Ayo, what did what did you what did you make of Dante Martin versus the other guy? Yo, put some fucking respect on Sammy Guevara's name as a professional wrestler. <laughs> you can say whatever you want about him outside of the ring or whatever, but you guys pretending like he's not good because you don't like his relationship, you don't like what he's got going on <laughs> in his personal life. Like, come on, bro. Like, like there's 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 a very valid complaint in the in the Sasha Banks situation, guys. But 100%. that has been made very public. Very public for for over a year. Can I can I can I interrupt Ao real quick? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna interrupt Ao real quick to say this. My personal issue with Sammy Guevara, quite frankly, has nothing to do with this conversation. Oh no, I know I know that. Just because my personal my personal opinions on Sammy Guevara, but are I I am personally offended by his wrestling. But that notwithstanding, this was a lovely right, match, so, and he's a, and he's a great athlete. Continue. So let me let me let me explain something to um the Russell Pierce faithful. You guys probably picked it up by now. Just listening. To <laughs> so Hangman, right? Hangman's a very smart man. Like he has he has encyclopedic knowledge about wrestling. Like you oh, you, oh, you, you put on a <laughs> episode of ECW, right? You'll be watching a random match. You'll be like, oh, this is the episode where Taz and Sabu main evented. Oh, the RVD and Jerry Lynn hooped in this episode. Random episode of fucking, uh, whatever, at, not Attitude Era, uh, Ruthless Aggression Smackdown. Oh, this happens. Oh, Funaki had a 15-minute match this episode. <laughs> right? Encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling. His fucking opinions stink. His, he has stinky-ass opinions. His opinions are fucking terrible. I don't... Bro, he's not had a single good opinion in wrestling since, I, since I've started talking to this man. Sammy Guevara is a fucking hooper, bro. Stop pretending like he's not. And this is... Yo, like... Hey, he'll pretend like he's just so... Yeah, I'm pretending... I'm, I'm addressing the wrestling players' galaxy. They don't deserve... They don't deserve essay dictator. Just having this... Just cutting these fucking verbal fucking essays... Just these fucking <laughs> verbal essays on you guys every week when when Monty's trying to conduct a co- podcast. You guys don't deserve that shit. I'm tired. Fuck this fraud. All right. I'm tired of this nigga hangman trying to spend his sticky ass agendas, bro. Sammy is a hooper. I know the bad bitches don't want to like don't want to hear because there's Sasha Banks. I'm a Sasha Banks fan too. I fucking love Sasha. My favorite mm-hmm. women's wrestler of all time in North America, right? But mm-hmm. if you are not, if you are not canceling Sammy two years ago, don't do it now that he started to get go away. He because of the TNT title scene, all right? That being said, that being said, that was, Sammy gave this man, Dante Martin, his second best singles match of his entire career. Um, I believe the first was was Hank, Adam Hangman Page. Um, other people disagree with me. They still thought it was Ray Phoenix, but I believe, I believe it's, it's Hangman, uh, Sammy, and then Phoenix right after. You know, Phoenix, the Phoenix match had uh, more spectacular spots, but this was just like, I don't know. There's something about this really clicked, you know, like, like Hangman said, maybe the only good opinions ever had in his life. This was more of just like more than just like flips or whatever. And more. And Dante was like showing a character. He was having good facial expressions. He was mocking Sammy. He was, he had, he showed baby face fire and shit like that. 
And it was, it was really good. And then, you know, Sammy, Sammy's showing the character now, too, and shit. He's got the whole uh, douchebag heel going on. But he's taking it to another level. He had the douchebag heel going on thing, but it was like douchebag punk little brother thing in the inner circle. But now it's like on another level with the JAS. JAS. And I think it made for very good television. It's a great match. Fucking, really? uh, fucking man. Um, <laughs> really smooth stuff. Oh, let's kick it to Anna. Let's kick it to Anna. <laughs> Anna, what did you think? Yeah, it was, it was a fun match. It was a good match. This Kai Blue thing kind of threw me off. I didn't expect mm. to see her there. Mm. And I mm-hmm. don't really like, it's not my favorite thing when they get women's wrestlers as sort of the side piece or just mm. the companion of a men's wrestler. It's just not my favorite thing. But mm. if it gets Sky Blue having matches on TV and not on Dark, so I'm into it, you know. And if it eventually re- makes Tony Khan remember that Ty Conti is actually a wrestler, a wrestler, not a valid, <laughs> so I'm 100% in it. Yeah, <laughs> Please. Yeah, definitely. What did you, what, what do you, what do you, where do you see Dante Martin right now? Like, where do you what do you think is his immediate future? Where do you place him, I guess, on the roster? And and do you think uh what do you think he's missing to I guess take the next step, Anna? I think I, I think, think this he... is his place. You know, put him put him in the ring with, with big names, let him get his shit off and lose. Mm-hmm. And I think he can do that <laughs> for like one or two more years. And he'll just he'll keep getting over because his offense is incredible. And mm-hmm. I am glad that that Dante, like um, I, I said that Dante has been doing this thing lately where it was like less flips and it was more look how high I can jump. And it mm. really stopped being over with me like four matches ago. Cause like, bro, we know how high you could jump. Like mm. the match, the match with Moxley is when I was really like, all right, Dante, like you gotta go back to the flips, bro. Because this, like the, the stall on the rope shit, look how high I can jump. Like the get to the top turnbuckle, look how high I can jump. Like we, we get it, bro, we get it. And now he, he stopped doing that. He's gone back to the flips, gone back to more interesting offense and it's, mm. it's much better like viewing but yeah and and big spots and keep making them lose (laughs) and and are you looking forward to your girl ty conti wrestling as a heel i'm looking forward to see her wrestle again because maybe this (laughs) i'm not doing this again i'm not doing this again the hate crime carry on anna (laughs) i don't know if i can (laughs) I will never feel safe again. <laughs> that was very motivated. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a hate motivated. crime. That was a hate <laughs> crime. That's he just crazy. keeps proving that he hates Latinos. There's oh my no way God. around it. <laughs> <laughs> the entire song. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't Go. know if I can continue. I've been too traumatized. Traumatized by, by these attacks, right? <laughs> He's more of an impact. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm excited to see if Tai has improved in the time mm. that she's been away from the ring. She, if she mm. has been training backstage, if she's any better. Mm. I'm just excited to see her wrestle again because then maybe, just maybe, I can forgive her. Maybe I can like her again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to well, give her the, a um, chance. What was, what was <laughs> the offense, Anna? The offense is just being annoying. I think. <laughs> annoying. <laughs> No, no, we You're better than me because um, you're both Brazilian, right? You and you and Ted. Yeah. So like, when yeah. someone is Nigerian, I just give them all the leeway in the world, especially when they're from my tribe. <laughs> so it's just like they they can do no wrong in my eyes unless yeah. they're a little criminal. Then I was just like, ah, no, I see where they were coming from. I see where they were coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried. Like I I gave her so I I gave her so many chances. 
Like when she <laughs> when she tried to fit the bottle in the blood and guts cage. Oh, to the oh my god, I forgot about that. Of, yeah, yeah, when she did that, I was like, okay, was maybe she she was nervous. <laughs> I, I don't know. But then she couldn't open the lock. You Yo. know, just, there's a key in a lock, she couldn't open it. So I I, I, I could I can't keep defending her. You, you might I be honest with your Anna, because here's the thing: if you're a valet, what you need to be good at is like, you know, the side stuff like that, like bringing props in, you know, interfering. She's not even yeah. successfully executing her interferences properly, so maybe you should just wrestle again. Yeah, she's not great at yeah. that, is she? Yeah, she's not really like that great at it. Yeah. No, I want to see her wrestle again. Then I'll, yeah. I'll like her again. And but one thing I'm I'm gonna say about her is that she I lo I love her outfits. I feel like their her outfits have have a really Brazilian energy. Yeah, they're so great. I, I really feel it. Yeah. It's no, not, no, yeah. Her, her outfit yesterday. Really was, was, go ahead. Yeah, she really showed her Brazilianness. I don't know mm. if this is the word. <laughs> she really showed her Brazilian side in her outfit. So I can defend that. But then any anything else is just I, I'm kind of done with it. So mm -hmm. just get her back in the ring. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <clears throat> we move on uh okay so after the match there was an attack uh the jas all kind of ganged up on dante then um eddie kingston ortiz and ruby soho made a save then jr botched announcing a match beforehand and uh <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a I, I didn't even catch what the match was to be honest I'm, i don't know if any of you guys do if anyone in the chat does but um jr announced the match by accident and excalibur was like <laughs> it's kind of it was like, oh, I don't think that's been announced yet. And JR said, Oh, well, that's been the locker room talk. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> I, I completely missed that somehow. Wait, 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 what happened? So, after after the um, Eddie Ruby Ortiz save um, from the Jericho Appreciation Society, JR announced the match. I think it was like a mixed tag match or something. Okay. Um, he said that a match was coming, and <laughs> Excalibur does this awkward thing where he's like, "Uh, another thing that's been announced yet." And Jim Ross was just like, "Oh well, that's a locker room talk." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's really. Um, I, I, I actually, I think I do remember that. That's funny. Yeah, I, I know. Um, Jim Ross. He, you know, I, I get that he can frustrate people, and he does his botches. I, I thought he was on yesterday. He, he's far, far from perfect, but. Mm. The um, I think at this point we can call him Jim Ross isms or whatever mm. we want to call yeah. him. But yeah. <laughs> he's just fucking. It's just. Yeah, it was, it was really funny to me funny. during the oh, yeah during the Mio and Rosa match. He just he gave up. He didn't even try to say Mio's name. <laughs> he read her young, name one time lady. and he was like, "No, man, this young lady and that young it. lady from Japan." <laughs> Yeah, it's Calvert. Tell us more yeah, about he, this young lady. <laughs> just like, he he yeah. didn't even try it, and I think it was for the best. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah probably, he, probably. If Jim probably. tried to say Yamashita, like he would probably end up back in the hospital. So like, he's, it's it's better for me. <laughs> <than> he <did. laughs> but yeah, um, it looks like we're gonna get a. Like I said, I can't remember exactly what the match was that Jim Ross accidentally announced. But um, someone in the chat said Anna J versus Ruby Soho. Maybe. Um, like I said, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but as we know, it's only locker room talk at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. Um next up we had a Daniel Garcia promo and he was just kind of obviously putting over the main event that he was gonna be in. And um I think it's just obviously with it just being a backstage promo, there's probably not too much we can get into. But uh, I just wanted to make a quick point on Garcia overall recently with his promos. Um he's definitely elevated up very pretty recently. 
substantially. Um, it, so it feels like it is really just simple as him kind of finding his like authentic voice almost for pro wrestling in any way. Um, because there was a, there was a period where he wasn't kind of the greatest promo, and a lot of us on here were kind of saying he just kind of um, you know like we know Daniel Garcia's got a great personality. We see it on Twitter. He's got a great sense of humor, and he's a he just got a good way about him, you know. And it was just kind of bringing that and connecting it with his TV character, and it feels like he's made some pretty pretty big strides in being able to do that lately because um, his promos have definitely leveled up. They feel a lot more natural. They feel a lot more him. So. Um, I'll go to you, uh, Hollywood, because I know that's uh, one of your favourites. Uh, Daniel Garcia's promos have definitely got better lately, haven't they? He's actually my mortal enemy, and I resent him uh, for for various reasons uh, related to Impact Wrestling. But uh, yeah, no, I mean he's 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 cool or whatever. You know, he's cool or whatever. Uh, Garcia is in the middle stage of his development as a as a performer. Mm-hmm. He was the really technically sound young independent wrestler that came in and he was a scrappy punk and now he is becoming more of a persona more of a performer he's adding um you can see the way his confidence absolutely absolutely shout out to isra thank you isra for joining us uh you special human being garcia is definitely becoming more confident um and and just overall like I said, he, he's in his, the second stage of his development as a performer. I'll get more into it when we get into the match because I noticed a lot of things, Monty. I, I think um, you're talking about finding his voice as a as a talker. I think he's also finding his voice even more as a as a wrestler because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, to me, he's been technically sound and super just just great um, at just being a technical wrestler for like about two years now. Um, but now I think he's um, forging more of his own personal touch to how he goes about what he does. Uh, and, and I saw it in the main event and I, I saw a couple of things that are just starting to naturally manifest itself with his wrestling style that I'll get into later um, uh, when it comes to finding that voice. But yeah, Daniel Garcia, man, he, he's really starting to take that next step and I'm, I'm happy to see it because um, I, I saw it with him uh, for a while now and Tony clearly sees it with him as well. And um, he's really rising to the occasion and he's among a, a couple guys now that, I'm noticing they have repeat matches with John Moxie and Brian Danielson, and you see how much they're uh, evolving in their repeat matches with these guys. It, it, it's really cool that Mox and Brian have become the, the gatekeepers of AEW in that sense. And yeah. everything that they, they they're saying in their promos about the next generation and dictating wrestling, it's absolutely true. Like they they're basically putting these kids through the ringer, you know, like no, no bullshit. I'm going to beat the hell out of you and beat you. And it's up to you to almost rise to my level as much as you can. And what's happening is in these repeat matches, they're coming a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley are absolutely nowhere near as good as Brian Danielson and John Moxley. And that's okay <clears throat> because with, with, with these repeat interactions, they're getting closer. It's like when you're, you're, you're playing your little brother one-on-one at the basketball court and he's blocking your shots and he's shooting over you. And he's dominating you. And it's, of course, he's dominating you. He's your big brother and he's taller than you. And you're like, this is not fair. But then, you know, you go through puberty. And then all of a sudden now he's not blocking you as much. And all of a sudden you hit a jumper on him. And it's like, oh, should I fucking, I made a shot on you. You know, and then all of a sudden you, you lost 13 to 6 to, to, to 10 instead of 13 to 6, you know. And that's what's happening with, with, with Garcia. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy for him. 
These fucking analogies, man. You can't you can't help yourself, can you? They're amazing. You know they're good. I, I, I they're off the dome too. That's what's that's what's amazing about it, honestly. I'm a storyteller, bro. I'm a storyteller. Anna, have you got anything to add on um, you know, Garcia's promos coming along recently? Yeah, I think when he first joined Jericho instead of the Blackpool Combat Club, I was one of those people that I, I didn't really feel it. I mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was the right thing for him to do but now i it was um he just had a vision you know he was absolutely right in going to a jericho because i feel like he's finding his character he's getting more confident on the mic he's getting more confident with just being himself and his personality because he had already had the whole great wrestler thing down mm-hmm. he just yeah. Needed, yeah he doesn't fill out the the holes that were left and i think that he's really growing right now and there's only a there's only going up, you know, because he's really great. And I feel like in a few years, he's going to be in the conversation of one of the best in the world. He, he's really I agree. great right now. I agree. Yeah. I owe you got anything to add on um, Garcia? No, I mean, just um, Garcia, if you're listening, bro, change your, change your fucking music back. And, and bring the red <laughs> towel back. Put that shit over your head. But other than that, no, it was a, it was a great performance. Um, Definitely my favorite uh, Daniel Garcia match. Of all time, probably you know he's he's a fucking Hooper, bro. Wait, and wait, just wait, shout wait. out to him because are we you know, getting into when... the match now? Because now we're not getting into the oh, match. Well, we'll, 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 we'll let I also yeah, just a promo for a minute. Oh no no no. All right, all right. well um, just the promo. Uh yeah, he's gotten a lot better on the on the stick. Um, putting him with Jericho was a was a awesome. great opportunity because Jericho has talked on his podcast. Even though I don't want to admit that I've listened to an episode of Talk Is Jericho before, but I have. This nigga listens to Talk Is Jericho. Nah, his episode was Swerve Strickland. I listened to, and and Jericho was like, if I'm if I'm working with somebody, whether like they're in my faction or I'm working against them, like I'll sit down with them and be like, so what do you what do you want to get across in this promo? And I won't I won't write it for them, but I'll we'll brainstorm together. And I feel like maybe that's what he's been doing with with Jer- with uh Garcia, and you know he's maybe maybe he's been helping with his delivery or whatever. It's just like I don't like Mox is a generational promo. He's a fucking fantastic promo. Like yeah. a lot of people's best problems, but I don't know if, if that's something that he would be willing to do, you know, like just sit down with young town and help them like get their shit off. Which is why I was re- it was really a good idea putting him with Jericho, and you you see the, the character work paying off in the way that you see the, the character work paying off with um jungle boy with Christian, but we'll we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh but yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that um yeah, Garcia is coming along very nicely in ring and on the mic. So the only way is up, really. Um, next up, we had a Jay Lee full Sanjay Dutt Satnam Singh promo, where um, you know they're kind of talking about the last of Smojo and moving on. And you know they took a, they took a shot at the best friends who were six feet away, who then came into the camera shot. And um, yeah, they they kind of went back and forth a little bit. Then the best friends challenged the uh, three to a match. They even challenged Sanjay, who, of course, hasn't wrestled for a while. And um, <laughs> there was obviously this funny thing where Sanjay Dutt gets really fired up, accepts the challenge, then immediate t- immediately turns around like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> but um, apparently on Rampage, I haven't actually looked at the spoilers, so I don't know if the match actually happens with Sanjay or goes ahead as planned. But he looks like, I believe, at Rampage. Anyway, we're going to get Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh versus the uh, best friends. So... Um, I'll start with you, Anna. What did you make of the whole um, Sanjay Dutt 
comedy, pretty much. Yeah. No, I gotta be honest, I've never seen a single Sanjay that match, so I don't know if he's good. He's good. I'm not he's good. <laughs> he's good, yeah. yeah. So I'm I was not particularly like excited or like, oh my god, Sanjay Sanjay Dutt's gonna wrestle again because I, I haven't seen him wrestle before. But I think it was a good segment. You really fit, they really fit well with the whole best friends type of comedy. And it's just a filler match, but a fun match. So yeah, not to fun. bother about it, yeah. but I'm not too yeah overly excited or anything. Yeah. Hollywood, you got anything to add? No. Mm, yeah, as I said, it's not it's not too much to get into. It's just kind of like a fun <laughs> segment. I'm sure the match will be a, a good bit of fun as well. Uh, I actually, got actually no, I have, I, have, I, have, I have an essay. I have an essay. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't have anything to add. I thought it, I thought it was funny. I think I like Sanjay a lot. I like him since I was a kid. TNA and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny. Nothing else I had. Okay. So we said you saved us from the uh saved us from the essay. Right. So um there's definitely gonna be some essays on this next thing though. So next up we had the jungle boy. We had jungle boys in ring promo. Um I was I don't know if worried was the right word. Like even on the pre-show um, yesterday, I was pointing out, uh, like you know, it's um, it's a big. It was always a big deal for Jungle Boy because uh, obviously after the way that Christian Cage has been cooking lately, he had to come out and say something, do something, and obviously it's what the angle called for. Um, so there was all that anyway. But the pressure that Twitter was putting on Jungle Boy to show <laughs> up and actually come through with something was fucking insane, bro. I was getting worried for him. And I said on the I said on the preview show yesterday that I thought honestly I did I didn't think he was going to go out there and drown and I didn't think he was going to go out there and um, overly deliver. I thought it was just going to be fine. But to be fair, he he definitely did deliver um, ahead of my expectations. Anyway, um, you know he was fired up and you know like yeah, pretty much the the promo just had a lot of fire about it and uh, you know he called Christian Cage a pussy. Um, he made other personal digs towards him, uh, which obviously makes sense in this case. It wasn't just kind of like cheap digs, you know. Um, but yeah, man, this was good. I'll start with you, Ayo, on this one. Um, what was your thoughts on the Jungle Boy promo coming back at Christian Cage? All I got to say is, Maxwell Jacob, who, man? Jungle boy, mute your fucking mic, hangman. Mute your mic, little boy. A real nigga talking. Mute your mic, hangman. Maxwell Jacob Hooman. Jungle boy has ascended to the best promo of the pillars. You feel me? I only remember that MJF kid. I think he over there in the Fed, you know, shining Cody shoes. What are you talking about? Spit shining Bruce Richard shoes or whatever. Jungle boy is that nigga now, bro. It's Jungle man. Jungle man. Jack Perry cut that fucking promo when he said Christian Cage, you were the biggest pussy I ever met in my life. I felt like I felt like he was me talking to Hollywood hangman Adam Pierce, bro. Because you are the biggest pussy I ever met in my life, hangman. Because you, you, know you, know I, I, I told you that nigga was gonna put on buckets, and he did. And he did. I am Christian, and you are Jungle Boy. You know why? Because you're the boy. I'm the man. I have the turtleneck. I've been working you. I've been working everybody for a year. I've been making money off you. I've been profiting off your talent. Oh. And, and ultimately, and, and oh. I've been cooking you for weeks. Cooking you for weeks. <laughs> this week, oh. for you to have your little promo. But guess what? At, at the end of the day, Ayo, at the end of the day, you're in my home court. Russell Pierce is my goddamn home court. <laughs> <laughs> my goddamn home court. Hey, 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 look at the chat, bro. Look at the chat. They love me. Hey, if you're in the chat, 
you're in the chat and you and and, and you fuck with AO, just put AO's in the chat. If not, if not, put Hangman in the chat. Hey, we're we gonna see. I, we need we need we cowboy see. hat emojis in the chat. Cowboy hat emojis. Ultimately, it's my home court. It's my game you're playing. And yeah, you're doing all tomatoes promos. at you, all, bro. <laughs> Your promos are cute, bro. They're cute, bro. They're, you know what I'm saying? Look at it's the chat. Cool. Tony, yo, cool. hey, yo. I'm Daniel, hey, yo. Tommy, Tony, hey, yo. It doesn't matter. It doesn't ayo, matter. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Just open down the chat, little bro. Hey, listen, listen, Mom, buddy. You gotta take your fucking chains anyway. Listen, that, listen that's kiddo. Hit. With that one promo, with that one promo, Jordan Pack two, you fucking racist. Even I don't know. Anyway, anyway, thank you for the thank you for the AO, Anna. Anyway, like I was saying, yeah, you, you, you got one, you got one. Yeah, Trump yeah, has surpassed everything that MJF has ever done. You're not a George loving person. Best promo, best promo, all the pillars. That's Cap. In, in all seriousness, though, I was being serious before, but you know, Jungle Boy <laughs> has cut good promos before, but they've all been like backstage and they've all been very short. It was like promos that like popped everybody on Twitter. It's like, oh, I didn't know Jungle Boy had it, they know, blah 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 blah. Like Christian's really helping Jungle Boy out, but this was above mm-hmm. and beyond anything that he's done in the past, and above and beyond anything that yeah. I think anybody was expecting. And uh, it was it was it was very encouraging to see because you know Jungle Boy's in ring is is there. It was just you know the character work. And the promo ability in front of a live audience. So I think that he really does have that. Um, because because back when it was just all wrestling, wrestling, wrestling with Jungle Boy, like before the Christian, before the Christian shit and all that, I was just like, yeah, he's he's a good worker. But like you know, everybody's at a- at AW's a good worker or well, the top of the card. Now when mm, fucking yeah. Havoc, Nella, and them were in the mid card mm. or whatever, but at the top yeah, of the card, everybody's a good worker at AW. So you need you needed something to separate himself from everybody else. So. Mm. Um, yeah, it was encouraging to see. I enjoyed the promo a lot. It was, it was a great segment, and I had no clue Christian Cage was divorced, bro. I was, I was not expecting to find that out. That, that was a hilarious reveal. I, that <laughs> is, I don't think anybody knew that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to Lil Ao's point, what I'll say is that Jungle Boy absolutely had a, a, an encouraging promo. Um, it was really funny, like it, it felt like a, like a roast session. And and, and he, it, it's almost one of those things where, like, you know, Christian's been dogging him for weeks, and it's like, yo, fight back. And he really did. He had it, it was you know it was juvenile and like uh, crass, but like it was it, it fits the tone of like how Christian's been because Christian's been result you know he's been resorting to lowest common denominator insults, and so yeah. Jungle Boy kind of hit him at his own game, and it was just really really funny. Like this man revealed that Christian's divorced. I was like, whoa! I didn't even know that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, you know he called him a pussy and and all that stuff and. Uh, yeah, man. I, again, to little to little Ao's point, Jungle Boy did great. This was a really important moment. For Big him. Ao, nigga. I, Big I, Ao. I thought that. I thought that. Uh, I thought that 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 Jungle Boy needed to rise to the occasion, and if he didn't, it would like really severely damage his immediate prospects at, at becoming um, anything worthwhile uh, at, at a stage higher in the card than he really is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he has a lot of guys to circumvent and a lot of guys to kind of pass to, to to reach that level. Um, but he certainly took st- the steps necessary with the promo yesterday. Uh, he did really good. Um, Christian is just so funny, man. He he appears on the screen like a super villain, staring at the camera in his in his just bastard turtleneck outfit. Um, we're now looking at four to five weeks of Christian owning the same clothes as me. Uh, so I'm I'm starting to now realize that maybe I'm a douchebag because we have just too many <laughs> similar outfits. Uh, I've been, I've been but, telling you this for months. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Lil Ale has been trying to alert me to the fact that maybe I'm just a dick. Um, 
So again, uh, Christian is just so funny. He's a, he's a super villain. He feels like a Scooby Doo villain, honestly. Like like it's just Christian Jungle Boy is a meddling kid, and he's gonna get him. And uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to just where this all goes. I think this is now a pretty hot program where both sides are are, are getting their shit in. So good good for good for Jungle Boy. Um, and 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 again, uh, you know, Ao Ao was 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 uh, pretty vindicated here. So uh, good stuff all around. Yeah, Anna, what was your take on the whole Jungle Man promo? Jungle Man. I personally love learning that Christian is single. It was my favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, and Jungle Boy, he got there. He knew what he had to do. You know, his yeah. team was down two points. It was a championship final. There was five seconds left on the clock. He just had to do it. And he got the mic and he said, Christian, you're the biggest fucking pussy I've ever seen. And yeah, that was it. You know, that was a wrap. <laughs> I I didn't trust him at all. Yeah. And when he said when he said that, and then he went on and saying that he was divorced and that he he was broke because his wife divorced him because he had a small dick. So I, I was really into it. Yeah. It was it was it's it's a fun rivalry, you know. It is, <laughs> it is. just calling people's people's fathers, just saying that people are fatherless. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a Twitter space. Like, yeah. like this. It's just it's, it's just mudslinging. Yeah, yeah, it's really entertaining. It's really entertaining. <laughs> I, I love yeah, it. Really yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's, uh, like I said, it was good to see. Uh, it was good to see Jungle Boy, you know, rise to the occasion because, like I said, Twitter especially, and I'm sure everywhere else was um, putting a lot of pressure on that guy. So mm. to see him come mm. through, it was, um, yeah, man. <laughs> it was it was good to see. Yeah. Um, so next up, we had, I believe, it's something that, yeah. So we had the whole Dark Order, Hangman, Hangman bumping into the Young Book segment. Um, <laughs> you know, all tremendous wrestlers involved. I'm not going to, um, I'll never dispute that. But this whole, uh, I think I've said it on one of these podcasts before, but the whole elite, awkward, sad boy, <laughs> law. It's it's not for me. It just isn't. I'm, I won't call it out or trash on here or anything mm. like that. But I'll just say it's just not for me. Not taking from any of them as performers, but when they do all this kind of like the elite sad boy, you know, um, storytelling that everyone thinks is great, um, I'm just kind of waiting to get to the matches with them because, like I said, they are all fantastic performers. Like every single one of them. The books, Hangman, Kenny, who you know, now many of them, um, they're all tremendous. So, you know, it's not really for me, but we did get a Hangman and Young Books interaction, which of course a lot of people were excited for. So, um, yeah, man, I'll get everyone's takes on it. I'll start with you, uh, Hollywood. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was I was trolling a little bit earlier when we were talking about you know FTR and CM Punk and the Elite. Um, what I'll say about this is this, because I have so many concurrent. What? Uh, uh, sure, but I said you were trolling. You were trolling about the elite, but those were my yeah. feelings about CM Punk and FTR. Unfortunately, but what I was going to say is that, um, I have so many concurrent and somewhat um contradictory feelings about the elite when it comes to their storytelling, because what I've noticed is that a lot of the people who there's a lot of people who love AEW, 
primarily because of the elite. And no matter what happens and who they're signed, who the company signs, the elite are like the protagonists of their heart. You know what I yeah. mean? It's always going to sur- um, surround them. And so when the elite have their, you know, their their their, their storylines and their their melodrama and their sad boy stuff and you know all that type of stuff, you know that's what a lot of people really get into. It's, it's what a lot of people sink their teeth into. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd even argue that I think the decline in female audience uh, in recent months in AEW is because of the the emphasis of the elite storylines. Uh, I think a lot of people like whether it be you know reading no. into the stories and you don't think so. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, I, I think the the whole the whole elite storyline is really fun for women's viewers because it's just like a no, little oh, rom com. Oh, oh no, that, that, that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is that. Oh okay. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I heard no. you say it was was the no. decline of the women's fans. Like what? No, no. I said I said the, the decline was when their their stuff got de-emphasized on the show, like when they kind of oh, yeah, took a step totally. back. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think I think a lot of people. And a lot of different parts of the fan base really love Hangman Page just personally. Like they, they they're so emotionally yes. connected to to him. They're ne- they're connected to to uh, to Omega, to the Bucks, to to where they stand as friends. Um, and and I think that uh, Monty, I was saying this in one of my chats this morning. You know, when people, because again, there's there's been a lot of people complaining about AEW creatively uh, recently. I think a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, it, it's just that they didn't have that elite storyline that they could write threads about. And you know, have um, head <laughs> yeah. cannon, you know, head cannon where things are going, you know, ship one of the members of the people in the storyline, things like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and to me, have at it, right? If if, if that's what, what you love, that's fine. I think Tony Khan should play to his base, I think he should give his, his fans what they want. And so if if more elite equals better ratings, more interest in the product, this and that, then give them all the elite that they want because yeah. frankly like you said they're they're great performers and they're great wrestlers and they have contributed some of the best stuff in the history of the promotion and in the history of the business yeah. um, um but with that said I have, I have two issues number one um elite fans i think can be uh whether intentional or not just a, a little bit grating because these people will tell you that uh, the, you know the elite and omega and you know the young bucks and hangman are the most uh, sophisticated storytellers of all time and that you know what That's they really do awesome. is so 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 complex and and, and deep and and and, and 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 philosophical and and, and sophisticated and and and, and, and complicated and, and just mature and, 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 and enlightening and 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 just illuminating <laughs> and 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 yes. just <laughs> it, it just it, and here's my thing um in the ring a lot of that does apply i think they're really, yeah you know in in ring they're actually in, tremendous in-ring storytellers amazing more than their detractors give them credit for when Mm -hmm. it comes to these bte segments and backstage segments and things like that i don't know what you're talking about i I just i don't know what you're talking about i I think that they're really it, it feels like awkwardly acted um would you would you have gotten the story if they worked the arm yeah, I, I would have needed I would have needed like a, a really long headlock to just kind of draw what, what I needed from the story. And also just let, let me get the start out of the way before we continue. Um I, I think a lot of these like um sad boy lore community theater segments to me it just feels like awkwardly acted teen drama stuff. And and it's it's like I, some of it is intentionally campy, one hundred percent. You know, yeah. but, but but it's intentionally campy, but it's like ultimately I just see it for what it is, which is a bunch of men in their 30s having a will they won't they situation about the status of uh their friendship 
it, it's a bunch of men in their 30s literally like is kenny our friend now is hangman our friend now is cole our friend now wait, wait if we're friends with cole can hangman be our friend if, if hangman's our friend can kenny be our friend we don't want to we don't want to upset the our thing friends is, yo the thing is hangman doesn't understand this because hangman does not have any fucking friends this nigga is 45 years old rage and envy and in his so fucking I, heart I, these guys guys don't understand what they have they have all these friends they don't want to kiss and make up (laughs) i haven't had a friend in 45 years and and here's the thing listen listen kid i i'll give you a chance to respond but again it's just to me it's like it's a bunch of grown men in the space that's supposed to be simulated combat i'm not trying to say that wrestling should be completely toxically masculine or something like that right but but ultimately, but Jim Carnett just entered the chat. What the fuck? Yeah, right. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, I'm not saying be real, be real, be real man. But 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 it's like, bro, I'm watching a wrestling show, and it's like, hey, buddy, did you did you get my message? Uh, you know, <laughs> man, uh, man, uh, uh, happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday to you too, buddy. Uh, how you been? Uh, I'm good. Uh, and I'm like, bro, what am I watching, bro? Like, what am I watching, bro? You guys are adults. Adults, when they deal with people that they've had falling outs with, bro, they talk like adults. They don't act like children. It, it, it literally, it's not as bad as. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Is that true? Like Is that true, Hangman? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> bro can feel the southern tinge, but not the power of friendship. <laughs> so, so, gonna, so, Hangman, you telling happen. me right now that grown men don't get pissy and passive aggressive? They get pissy and passive aggressive, but um, those are what we call cornballs. Um, I, you know, normally, and, and, and listen, the young bucks are allowed to be cornballs. It's a character flaw and character flaws are what makes stories in- interesting. So again, I'm very interested in the story as a story. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're getting this out of the way. Like, I'm glad that we're starting this because again, AEW needs the elite to be important on the show. Like it, it, it doesn't feel the same without the elite doing stuff. Um, and, and, and ultimately it's good that this happened. I'm happy for the fan base. I'm looking forward to where it goes. I'm just also tossing out that like, you know, when people like look at like, you know, hangman walking into the bucks and being like, oh, hey, buddy. And, and people are like, this is just this is just the most sophisticated, <laughs> most thoughtful storytelling. It's like, bro, wow. like I, I, <laughs> just, just say just say I'm really emotionally invested in, in these characters because I respect it. But telling me that this is just the most complex storytelling you've ever seen in the history of the medium, because. Hangman Page is nervous about telling his his former friend happy birthday. It, it's like, what are we talking about? What are we talking mm-hmm. about? Um, but but yeah, that's just that's just my two cents on it. I don't I don't have a rebuttal. I mean, at the end of the day, the people who who like it, they love it. The people who they don't do, like mm-hmm. it, they either care with it or they hate it. It's whatever. But yeah, I think we all say objectively, without this whole power of friendship shit that the Bullet Club and now the Elite does, if they they never started that up. We wouldn't have AEW right now, bro. So it's just absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Which is why, which is why it's important that we continue it and cater to the fan base that likes it, and shouldn't shun the people that say, like, you know, I'm not into AEW as much anymore because they took the folks out of the elite. Because it's like, dude, you know, a lot of people feel that way. You know, the elite is really important to a lot of people. So you know, I encourage elite storylines, even though it has, even though I have to deal with some, you know, sad boy segments that aren't for me. Uh, ultimately, it's good that they exist. So you know, it's cool. I know you got anything to add on the um, the sad boy stuff as we've named it on here. 
<laughs> yeah, the only thing I was thinking about is that now I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's gonna be the elite in the trios tournament or, or Humber. Yeah, yeah the, uh, and that's really great. I feel that there's so many storylines going into this tournament, so it's gonna be really fun to watch. But I'm really curious to see which direction they they will take it. If Ken is gonna come back earlier and they will reunite after the tournament's end, or if uh, the Hungbugs are gonna win the title and then Ken is gonna come back, I I don't know what what direction they're gonna take it. But I'm re I'm really excited because I I love the storyline. Like I said, it's just like a little fun rom com. So I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone got anything else to add to the uh, the elite law, or you know, or should we move on? Oh, what I'll say is that the, the big that the big story about the trios tournament is gonna, to say. absolutely motherfucker. <laughs> so, so what we what you, remember? You're in my court, brother. Um, so yeah, the the big story here is gonna be like, are they friends with Cole or Kenny or Hangman? And they're going to all be in the ring in a segment. And the Young Bucks are going to be looking around like, Who, whose side do we take? Who are we going to do? And they're probably going to go hug one, either Hangman or Kenny. And there's going to be women crying in the crowd. Twitter is going to go insane. It's going to be this big thing. It's going to be the new version of, 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 of uh, Randy Savage proposing to Elizabeth. Yeah. And, no, I swear to God. It's going to be the new version. When the young bucks choose, you know, between hangman and Kenny or even further, if Kenny and hangman are in the ring and it's like, Hey, Hey buddy. And it's like, Hey man, how you been? I missed you. <laughs> oh my God. And they just hug each other. Like, you know, Excalibur's gonna be like, oh, what a moment! The elite are reunited. Hangman Page is cool with the oh my god, oh. and then people are gonna lose their minds, you know. So, I, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I will be one of the women crying in the crowd, absolutely. Yeah. Fair. Um, so, uh, next up, we had Swerve versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling in handicap match. Um, Swerve got the win here, and um. After the match, so well, we Keith Lee was watching backstage because, of course, I'd assume because it was a handicap match and he was just kind of keeping an eye on things. And obviously, it's his tag team champion partner. And um, after the match, we go backstage to where Keith Lee was, and he had been laid out by Josh Woods. And then in the ring, because uh, of course, he's distracted Swerve, he was then attacked by Tony Nice again from behind. and. Um, it seems that we get in the tag team of Tony Nese and um, former Ring of Honor Pure champion Josh Woods as a tag team. And it looks like they're going to be... Um, it, did came, it, obviously, it seemed pretty clear to me that they're going to be Swerve and Lee's first defense. I doubt it's going to be like a whole long feud. I'd be kind of um, surprised if that was the case. It's probably just going to be a, um, you know, like a rampage match or just a dynamite match or something like that. But... Um, yeah, uh, what do you what do you guys think of the Josh Woods and Tony Nese tag team? I'll start with you, Ayo. Oh man, this is by far the worst shit on the show. And I fucking love Swerve, <laughs> top five favorite wrestlers out right now. I love him getting time on Dynamite, but bro, like this shit, this shit did not belong on this show. Like, and and the, the AW best tag team division in the world. Why the fuck? Are Tony Nese and Josh Woods challenging for the tag belt? If Josh Woods belonged in AW challenge for the for the tag belts, he would have been signed when Ring of Honor shut down, and he wasn't. And he's been a free agent this whole time. 
and he's not been on either of the Ring of Honor cards except for except for to drop the belt to um Wheeler Yuta. What do you have? The TV title? He had yeah, the TV title. title yeah, the yeah, the title to uh yeah, uh Red Titus had the fucking TV title. So to drop the title to uh Wheeler Yuta, like bro, I'm like I'm not trying to watch that shit, bro. There's so many fucking tag teams that they could feud with. It's just like I don't know why they get Josh Woods off the street and team him up with Tony Nice to feud with Swerve and Keith Lee. I mean, cool. I guess they're both good workers. It should be a good match. Um, the the Swerve versus uh, Smart Mark and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, Keith, yo, Keith Lee, like every fat nigga after Thanksgiving dinner, bro. Like it was hilarious. So that shit was hilarious. That did not look knocked out, bro. He just looked mad sleepy. <laughs> 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 like, um, I fucking love, I love Swerve, love Keith Lee. Wish they had better first opponents as tag champ. Yeah, but the match should be good. Uh, hopefully it's yeah. just a one week thing and it's done. Never mm-hmm. get no more Swerve versus Keith Lee and AEW for years. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. I have no opinion on this, and I have no opinion on anything else pertaining to the show regarding uh, anything that wasn't the main event. And I just want to talk about the main event. Well, we, we can't do that because, um, yeah, we're gonna get Anna's opinion on Josh Woods, Tony Nese's tag team, um, <laughs> and we got a couple more I, things. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. That's all I have to say. Thank <laughs> you. Let's get a move on, man. Gotta, yeah, man. no, but we got, we got to give it a platform to say that she doesn't care. You know? <laughs> like, hey, yo, what are your With thoughts? It. What are your thoughts on Josh Woods and and Tony Meads and Smart Mark Sterling's union, union yeah. and, and and the prospects for their feud with Keith Lee? He's like, bro, bro, don't nobody care, bro. Yeah, <laughs> moving on then. Um, right, so next up we had um, Miyu Yamashita versus Fonda Rosa, AEW um, well, Women's World Championship. This was a rematch from the match that they had on Tokyo Joshi Pro, where Miyu actually won the match via a roll-up. But yeah, it was a roll-up. And um, yeah, Fonda Rosa got the win here. I'll be honest... Um, I like Miu. Um, I haven't seen as much of her as, let's say, for I'd assume Anna, for example. Um, but I've seen, I've definitely seen enough of her to have an opinion of her. Um, and this definitely wasn't her greatest outing. Not entirely her fault at all either. Um, this was weird, and at certain points in the match, there was clear communication problems where they just weren't on the same wave and it got really rough at points um they did kind of bring it back towards the end but considering it wasn't exactly the longest match it's kind of hard to overlook the flaws that the match had in it um for me personally so overall i wouldn't say this was a good match and i think both women are capable of better and i've seen both women do better because the tokyo joshi pro match was legitimately very good so uh yeah, and I'll start with you on this because um, I'd assume that you are the most educated on Miu and her oh, debuting in AEW. So, um, yeah, what was your thoughts on this whole deal? 
Yeah, first of all, I think the whole discourse around this match was so bad. I've seen so yeah. many bad takes around it. It was just so annoying. <laughs> you know, I was just glad to see you wrestle on TV. Of course, she, yeah. she could have been booked better. But I think people said that she was taking opportunities from women in the roster when Thunder Rosa is literally in a rivalry against Britt Baker. Again, like, <laughs> Mio is not the one taking those opportunities away from the other women, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, the booking could have been better, but we have to be realistic. It's AW, the AW Women's Division don't get great booking. So, <laughs> But the match was just, yeah, it was a match, definitely. <laughs> it was something I didn't really like it. I don't think it was the be their best work, not by a mile. Mm. It wasn't really great. There was some miscommunication issues. The whole spot, the, the spot when you had to do her screw kick. And when you do the screw kick, the, the person has to be laying down in the ring. And Thunder Rosa just sat up and yeah, you weird. had to keep keep telling her to lay down. <laughs> and she didn't, but she, she just had to do the kick anyway. So she no, tried to do the no. kick with Thunder Rosa sitting up. It, it was just awkward. It wasn't a great match. Mm. And I was kind of disappointed because I the whole idea behind this match was having people look into Mio matches and be interested by her so yeah. not seeing her have a, a match as good as we know she can have it's mm -hmm. it's a little bit disappointing but I know that some people that are not Joshi fans or haven't seen you before were interested by her so I really hope it kind of opened doors for people to start watching more Joshi because we, she, she the, her Mizuki match in the beginning of the year Mio versus Mizuki is one of the best women's matches of the year so far and it was like on the first week of the year <laughs> So, yeah, and right now there's the Summer Cup, the Princess Cup, sorry, Summer Princess, the Princess Cup happening in Tokyo Joshi that people can tune in. The Five Star Grand Prix is about to start this weekend. So if people want to watch good women's wrestling, just go watch that. You, know? you don't have to keep yeah. expecting AW to give you good women's matches. Yeah, just go, just go watch that. It's going to be great. The Five Star Grand Prix. I think we'll have better wrestling. So if you're just a wrestling fan, not even a women's wrestling fan, just a wrestling fan, just tune in. And if anyone needs any links to watch the Grand Prix, just talk to me. I'm glad to help. So well, there you have it, everybody. Some wonderful Joshi Wrestling Insight by Anna DeMarco. I really appreciate just all the context you gave and, and the recommendations. I think it's more effective than uh, anything. Let me not make that shot. Never mind. But anyway, uh, the match, the match, uh, I didn't have much to say about it, Monty. This is what I meant when I when um when I was saying that like uh, the women's division is starting to feel like WWE's cruiserweight division on Raw in like 2016, 17, where like it's like a thing that you you pause the main show, put purple ropes on the ring, and then have these two people wrestle, and then like and no one like cares that much, and then you kind of go back to the show. Um, I, I, I kind of feel bad for uh, Rosa and, and uh, Miyu. I, I think they just had an off night. I didn't think the match was particularly good. I actually kind of was really bored by it personally. Um, and um, I, I, was I was shocked that like I wasn't more imp uh, impressed by Yamashita because um, I, I think that the Joshi, when they have appeared on AEW this year, they have been like kind of like uh, can't miss because like um, – uh, Yuka Sakazaki and then later Riho had these matches on Rampage where like even in like what six seven minutes they were just so good in in, this, in that space and time that they were given and I thought we we're gonna get more of the same from Miyu who's from uh, TJPW if I'm not um, mistaken what's up did you not watch her um Summer Sun Princess match with uh Rosa that was on Dark I I did that was that was good that was good oh, okay. um and, and this was not uh to that level 
and um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't to that level, and I don't think anybody who was unfamiliar with Miu would have been uh, inclined to check her out more from this match, which, like Anna said, would have been the goal. Um, so because of that, I, I feel bad for her, but I, I do hope that she gets another chance to show up on AWTV and you know, kind of course correct. Um, but other than that, I, I have nothing else to really add about this match or this conversation, or just the broad topic of uh, you know the women's division in AEW at this point. You got anything to add, Ayo, on the uh, me versus Rosa? Uh, I'll touch on it real quick. As, as someone who's uh, I stayed up till like 4 a.m. Eastern to watch some of some princess. I was up tweeting with just perverts like Jordan Pot too. And you know, um <laughs> that match, like the discourse, the discourse around this match is just so fucking fraudulent. Like people pretending like TK didn't give them enough time because he doesn't care. Like their their match on some of some princess had was literally three minutes longer, and that was a pay-per-view. That didn't have TV restrictions. That didn't have to be two hours long. Nothing like that, right? TK mm-hmm. sent his champion over to Japan to job in a thirteen-minute match, just to, just so she just so he could bring Miu over here, right? That's not something that somebody does. It doesn't care. Doesn't give a fuck or whatever. I'm not saying the, I'm not saying the care. Like I'm not saying that the um, he puts the importance on women's wrestling that he does on men's wrestling. That's just. That's just grade A shilling. Now, that's not true. We all know that's not true. <laughs> to say he doesn't care at all. And then I saw people saying that. Um, I saw people saying that that Rosa was trying to like was, was trying to sandbag and trying to sabotage the match uh-huh. or whatever. Rosa <laughs> flew across the fucking globe to do a job. <laughs> they flew across the globe to job, like in third in a thirteen minute match. She didn't have any other bookings in Japan. That was all she went over there to do. Like obviously that was very important to her. The communication was just off. You know, they didn't click yeah. as well as they would like to. And it happens. It fucking happens. They'll it'll they'll be better next time. There'll be more matches with Tokyo Joshi pro wrestlers. Unfortunately, you you fucking Joshi stands and just cry over everything. Cry. Fucking crying to dehydrate yourself. And I'm not gonna let me relax before this nigga Monty DM is like, chill, nigga. But <laughs> terrible. Um, hey bro, like you guys, there's just some fans out there. They don't want to actually like what they're watching. They don't want to like it. They want they want to cry. They want the discourse. They want to just fucking be in the fetal position over their their <laughs> fucking pressure Joshi and shit. I love Joshi wrestling, but I don't tweet about that shit on my main account because I don't want to talk to you fucking weirdos. So yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I think um I think I touched on it a bit where it's just um we know both women are good and it was just literally just a lack of communication and it just simply happens sometimes it just happens sometimes um i kind of did feel bad for me because obviously it's her um you know it's our awtv debut it's a big thing for her and to uh hollywood's point i doubt it was the kind of match that was going to um get her the most intrigue from the aw audience because you know it was just one of those days where it just didn't it just didn't click. It was one of those. Hopefully, she comes back and she can like redeem herself as Hollywood till again. But um, yeah, uh, this wasn't what we hoped it would be. I think it's fair to say. But um, yeah, just before the main event, Excalibur done his crazy list of announcements. I won't go through all of them, but there is two that I picked out that I think need highlighting. Um, AW will be making their Canada debut very soon in Toronto, and um, the Undisputed Elite will be back on Dynamite next week. And we got the graphic with Adam Cole, etc. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, who have all been injured at some point recently. Um, 
And yeah, man, undisputed elite back. That will obviously be interesting. Um, do you guys have any thoughts at all on either of the things I just mentioned? <clears throat> no. No? No? Okay. Oh, okay. Shout, 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 to my, shout out to my source who told me about the Canada debut. Nigga hasn't missed yet. Shout out to that nigga. That's all I got to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want to go to that show. Hopefully I can. Hopefully I can. Toronto's a beautiful fucking city. Uh, I'm, mm -hmm. trying to get, I'm trying to go up there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, both good announcements anyway. Obviously, the Canada thing's obviously uh, pretty long overdue. It's pretty fair to say, I think. Um, hopefully, this is the first of many, you know, outside of America dates that they do. Obviously, as a UK fan, I want them over here ASAP. Um, so, yeah, man, hopefully we get some more stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, moving on, main event time, Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson in the main event of a pretty great dynamite, to be honest. And um, this was a pretty great way of finishing it off. I'm going to pass it straight to you, Hollywood. Because I know this is definitely the kind of match that gets you very fired up. I haven't seen you give it a rating or anything yet, but um, I'm pretty sure because of the type of match it was, the performance from Garcia, um, it was it was definitely elevating because, of course, of the result. But it was just the performance from Garcia was very striking um, in the role that he had to play. So I want to get your thoughts on the match. This match was ex this match uh, fulfilled me on a physical, yeah. emotional, mental, and spiritual level. This match did things to me that I didn't know that wrestling could do to me. Um, <clears throat> this match uh, moved me. I, I three times. Uh, I, I I changed my pants. I took my shirt off. I, it just. Every every just twist and turn in this match, like it was like, guys, please, this is too much. My, my God, uh, Brian Danielson. There is no wrestler ever that is definitively better than him. If you want to say that some guys, you maybe you have a, a bit above him, so to speak. Sure, no one is definitively like you can't name me any wrestler ever and go, oh, he's definitely a better worker. That's just that's just not true. He is incredible he is unbelievable <clears throat> i have never seen somebody in my lifetime just do what he thank you charlie he is unreal and and yes it, it's a tinge rant it's a it's this is this is my this is why i did this podcast really i don't give a shit about anything we've been talking about <laughs> i don't i don't give two, two, hours, two and a half hours in. yeah i don't i don't give two, i'm i'm here i'm here for anna and because and for monty and because i'm getting paid and uh, to pimp Ao for for some money. Boy, who? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and and, and Ao's gonna put some dollars in my pocket. But 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 here's the thing, Brian Danielson is just unbelievable. And we were talking about you know genius storytelling and you know master storytellers earlier. And and we were attributing the people who just stood stared at each other and said happy birthday. No, the actual geniuses. Are, are the two men involved in this match, Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia, quite frankly, because on so many levels, just this match was, was brilliant. I'm not talking about good. I'm not talking about great. Brilliant. This was a match of the year candidate. 
Brian Danielson emerges from his his concussion injury and he's angry. He's he's so mad, right? And the way he beat Garcia, it's like a dude who's beating the shit out of like a teenager who's fucking with his car, you know? Like he he was beating him like he owed him money. And and you know, we have to stop saying that this guy lays their shit in, that guy lays their shit in because Brian Danielson has given you the benchmark of what it means to lay your shit in. You know, other guys throw forearms and kicks, right? And them shits is like pillow strikes to this guy. He's beating the shit out of Daniel Garcia. He's it, it looked like he's like crushing his windpipe with his kicks in the corner. He came in like a house of fire, like a babyface should, but he did it in a way where it was like, I'm not here to have a fun match, bro. I'm not here to have fun and entertain you. I'm mad at this kid. I hate this kid. I'm taking out all my frustration on him because fuck him and fuck the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's how he worked this match. You you didn't even need to know what the storyline was. You're watching it and you're like, God damn, does he owe him money? He's beating his ass and beating his ass and beating his ass and beating his ass. Counting his fucking hands from here, bro. But then, but then (laughs) the ass kicking stopped. Why? Not because Garcia was better than him or stronger than him, but because his head came into play. Brian Danielson has a concussion. How is he going to deal with this concussion? Oh my God. What are we going to do? Is this real? Is Dragon convulsing in the ring? Oh my, what, what's going to happen? This is what caused him to retire. Holy shit. All of a sudden, the babyface is in jeopardy because of very real physical problems. He used, he exploited his physical fragility in the context of a wrestling match in a way that inspires fear and, and, and drama and danger. And then Garcia took that opportunity to regain the upper hand. And here's why I now put over Daniel Garcia, because this was not a one-way street. This was not a mm-hmm. carry job by any means or stretch of the imagination. Daniel Garcia became a big fucking boy in this wrestling match because what he did was he had a control segment that wasn't just punching, 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 kicking, kicking, headlock. No. What he did was he methodically and meticulously dissected this 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 crippled man, this this fragile man, and he did so in such a glacial, sadistic way that reminded me of Randy Orton in his early Viper days. You know, some people took that as a, as a criticism or, oh, don't compare yeah, him to no Randy. Way. Shut shut up. <laughs> shut up. Viper Randy's physical body language was the best thing about him as a performer. This man, yeah. Garcia, was just kind of like callously and coldly just grinding this guy. And, and, and he was doing so with the same exact Randy Orton body language. This is where I meant when he's he's starting to find more of his voice because he's still a technical wrestler and he's still great at doing it, right? But he's also like just just a a, a dick. And you know, early on Garcia, his physical storytelling was like being being a a punk, right? You know, this just this indignant little shit. Um but now he's almost like this um just this this viper. And and it's starting to manifest in his performance and in this match, he's He's making him bleed and he's choking him out and he's exploiting the head. And it's like, fuck. And it's so methodical. But but it, here's why I say pacing and wrestling and storytelling matters because the match slowed down, but it didn't get any less interesting. Brian Danielson is a master of pacing. This never got boring, despite the fact that there was less like explosive offense happening because you're just watching their concern for his 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 safety. Garcia is beating him down. And he's and he's and he's uh, he's wearing down the, the the veteran and wearing him down and wearing him down. But Brian does the traditional babyface comeback. He's firing back up. His striking is so hard. 
It is so hard and it's so fiery and it's so passionate. But Daniel Garcia has that dog in him too. So they both started beating the hell out of each other. And ultimately Garcia won the match, which I think is it's a testament to it's a testament to just Brian Danielson's unselfishness. I didn't even it didn't cross my mind that Garcia was winning this at all. I was so surprised. Um, I almost wished that it wasn't even by interference because Brian is so good that he can work a match in a way where he's protecting himself in loss just with how he worked the match. You could have easily said he lost to Garcia because, God, he, he just came back a little too soon. He was so mad yeah. at the JAS. He was so pissed <laughs> off at these guys. He wanted to get back at them so badly. He told Tony Khan, book me against Garcia. I'm going to kill him. And and maybe he was just he came back a little too soon. He he underestimated the guy he he was taking on, and Garcia exploited his weakness. Yeah, Daniel, you could have done it that way, and it's a protection. They they chose to do the the Jake Hager thing. Not mm, eh, eh, my eh, only criticism, honestly. Eh, a little hokey, whatever. Um, but I thought this was tremendous from a pacing standpoint, from a work standpoint, when it comes to performance. Um. These guys are tremendous. Gar- Garcia is becoming a great, great wrestler. Daniel Brian Danielson is is the greatest. This was one of my favorite matches of the year. Garcia has now given me my favorite Brian Danielson match of the year, singles match, and he's given me my favorite John Moxie singles match of the year. So that's a feather in his cap. I think people, if they haven't taken notice, they have to take notice now that this kid is really fucking good. You know. Um, and like you said already, Monty, they capped off the best dynamite in a while. So that's all I had to say about that. I give this four and three quarter stars. Damn. It was great. Garcia clears uh, the other guy in the JS. Um, and and that's my soliloquy. Thank you. Both, both fucking dogs. You don't got to put two bad bitches up against each other. I <laughs> know <laughs> what's your take on the whole um, Danielson Garcia thing. I agree 100% with everything. And maybe that's the first time I'm saying that about a hangman essay. Oh, my God. But I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I think it was... Yeah, it was a, an amazing match. I didn't see Garcia winning. I, I would have never thought that they would have had him, him win. So I was really excited. It really popped me. And by in the way that it was... Except the Jake Hager thing, you know, but Brian passing out... It, going back to his injuries and just Garcia being that killer that I sort of miss missing him as since he joined the Dark Appreciation Society. So I, I really loved it. I think it was one of the best TV matches of the year, if not the best. It was really, really amazing. And Daniel Garcia, he just proves that he's ready, you know. And if he, if, if he eventually he joins the Blackpool Combat Club, I think it was gonna, it's going to be amazing because Yuta is there and he never beat Brian or Moxley. So mm. I think, yeah, but I, I really loved it. It was great to see Garcia getting the win and Brian sort of, it sort of felt like a passing the torch moment. I don't know. Brian just really loves Garcia and he sees a lot of, I don't know if he sees a lot of him or Garcia, but he really believes in Daniel Garcia and that yeah, just definitely. proved it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can, you, well, of course he wouldn't have put him over if that wasn't the case. I know obviously Tony Khan makes a decision, I guess. Yeah. But, um, Wait, yeah. what, 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 one more thing, one more thing. You know, just 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 as a testament to his his uh, unselfishness. No, it's just dragging. Like he's the type of guy that he doesn't like. Wins and losses matter in wrestling, but for him, it really doesn't. You know, because no, because like he can just get over whatever he needs to get over 
with his work. And so, you know, it, it, it's like last year on SmackDown when he just kept losing to Claudio because he just wanted to help Claudio. And, yeah. and it did. It, it helped Claudio in the in the in the short term against, you know, to boost him up for Roman. And it didn't take away from Dragon, you know, because he's just, he's just too good. You know, he's too good. Garcia, this means a lot that he got Brian Danielson to, to pass out. Um, the one thing I just wanted to add before AO talks about this is that I think AEW having people pass out in submissions is an overused trope. And I think it should be saved for top guys in big moments so that it oh, matters more. Be because yeah. here's the thing. Stone Cold not tapping out to the sharpshooter is a big deal because people tap out to the sharpshooter. If everybody passes out with the bulldog choke, if everybody passes out to the sharpshooter, if everybody passes out to every submission, then it then then the idea of this guy is a tough guy because he didn't tap is null and void because then no one taps. We need people to tap. I know Tony likes to protect people, and I know he likes to have monsters pass out in, 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 in submissions so that they don't get pinned, but you have to have people tap so that it, it's more effective when somebody doesn't. That's why Austin's thing works. Um so it's just something I wanted to draw out there. Go ahead, Ao. Um, bro, it's 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 so fucking cool that like main event Danny Garcia is here now and shit. Cause like I watched Dark and Elevation, and I was watching, I was watching Danny, this nigga Daniel Garcia do jobs to fucking Joey Janela on Dark, bro. No time, like five minutes, and like yes, now man. he's in the fucking main event. Oh, uh, fucking. Making fucking Brian Danielson pass out and shit like it's dope. Like you don't you don't really get to see stars like go from literally nothing to something like that. Like all the pillars like they were pushed immediately. Sammy was pushed. Jungle Boy was pushed. Darby was pushed. You know um what was that other dude's name? I don't remember. Anyway, he was pushed though too. And <laughs> so it's, it's just really cool that fucking main event Daniel Garcia is here now, bro. It's like he and he, he when he when he gets his big spots, bro, he always fucking delivers. It's never like, all right, I'm going to put Garcia here. It's sink or swim. That nigga's always swimming, bro. Like, this shit, this shit is dope. Shout out to him. Um, it was probably, it was one of my favorite. No, nah, it is my, it's my favorite Daniel, Daniel Garcia match of all time and shit. One of my favorite um dragon matches in AEW, like singles matches. Mm -hmm. Um, probably, definitely in the top five. I give it, I give it 4.75. I put it up there with the, um. I put it up there with the Hangman and Omega matches. It was it was a dope ass match. I fucked with it. Um, it, it, it it's just it's just great. It's just great. I yeah. Daniel Garcia, Daniel Garcia is for the bad bitches. So Tony Khan is really tapping into their women he, audience. He, he, he's figuring out the formula. One one thing I want to add about Brian Danielson, man. Listen, man. You guys all have your favorites. You have your goats. You have your guys that you think are the rest of the year. Brian Danielson was just hanging out, letting y'all's faves eat. The first half of the year, he's hanging out in, in Blackpool Combat Club tags, just being his baseline is great. You know, him, well, that's, him that's just being in tags. It's, it's much of like what the Young Bucks did with FTR, just hung out, let them get over for once in their careers, let them, you know, put themselves in conversation for the tag team of the year and shit. They just were not there earlier, bro. They weren't. Hey, 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 and the Young hey, Bucks listen. was like, look, look, little bros, look, bald little bro and beard little bro. I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to let you guys eat a little bit. You got some food off my plate, little bros. Hey, it's cute. It, it's cute you said that, but listen, if Brian Danielson is going to have singles matches, Monty, for the rest of the year, I'm going to tell you right now, this, this sounds crazy in July. Come December, he will be the wrestler of the year again. 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 He's that good. This was, this was, this was a match of the year candidate in July, right? 
literally think about this. Imagine if he, he compiles 15 more of these. Well, it's, it's definitely uh, it's definitely on the cards if he does have the singles run. Uh, I think I, I think I'm ready for it as well. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, Blackpool I think Tony... Combat Club stuff has been like real fun. Of course, like you know, it's just got star studied with people that I like. Like I love it, but um, the the treat of having Danielson wrestle single matches nearly every week on Dynamite was a really really big pull for me. So. Um, yeah, hopefully yeah, we get true. more of it, like you said. Uh, he can definitely mount himself real, real a rest of the earth contender. To go back to um, Garcia real fast. I know, I know his whole thing right now. Like we're not supposed to fucking like it. We're supposed to. We're not supposed to like the kangaroo hat and shit. Like I, I understand that, but like I feel like his presentation is taking a step back with like with like the with like the new music, which is not as good. With the black towel, which is not as good as the red towel. He doesn't. There's not mm-hmm. red death anymore and shit. Like Garcia, bro. Strong arm that nigga Tony Khan, bro. That nigga can't can't tell you what to do. Make that nigga get, tell me, give me your music back. <laughs> give me your right towel back, bro. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Garcia. Now go on, go on, get your point. No, yeah, you no, know, yeah, yeah. Red towel, Garcia, red death. Uh, honestly, not even just that. Um, uh, just more. I think I think like in Limitless Wrestling, for example, he was really able to showcase his style when it comes to like how he dresses and stuff like that. Because he's a New York kid, you know what I mean. And uh, I, I'd like to see more of that kind of um. Uh, on television uh but what i also want to say is you know tony i think tony realized like he he can't take danielson for granted when he when he lost him for this this what six weeks you know because you 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 really miss his presence when he's not there and i think i think he realizes now like i gotta have him wrestling as much as possible because you know god knows what's going to happen to him and and when he's going to stop doing this so like i need to just get the most out of brian danielson for as long as i have him and that means like yeah i mean tags are cool but if I can get him in these special moments in singles matches, I'm gonna do that as much as possible. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward well. to seeing that on TV. But yeah, on um on Danielson Garcia, it was just um like I said, it was very striking to see how like the viciousness of um of what Garcia was. I think the Randy Orton comparison definitely fits. Um but I, I mentioned about the Utah matcher as well. Um that especially like recently, like he's kind of found this mode of viciousness and kind of um, sadistic heel, um, just really aggressive. He's always been aggressive and um, a stretcher, you know, but there's like the way that he was pulling on and working Utah's ear the other day. And I even said to you, Hollywood, that um, considering you as the Blackpool combat guy, um, Garcia definitely wrestled more like a Blackpool combat guy in that match, like 1 million percent, the headbutts, the... Uh, you know, like the little dirty tactics and all that sort of stuff. Regal was popping huge on commentary. And, um, you know, obviously you made the point where it's like, you know, uh, that's just kind of how Daniel Garcia just kind of naturally is uh, in contrast to Utah. Then um, in this match as well, there was kind of just like that extra level of viciousness. And you can part, you can, you throw that together with Danielson's ability to just make you feel drama. Like, the way that he took that bump when he done the um, when he done the drop kick from the top of the ropes when they started playing on the concussion stuff, like the way he took the bump and the way he sold it was literally like perfect because it wasn't like it wasn't like Daniel Garcia hitting with an elbow strike or he kicked him in the head and it was like blatant, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't some blatant play acting, you know? Oh, Daniel Garcia's hit him in the head and now he's gonna sell it, sell it, sell it. It was like it really felt like something that you could have bought into, you know? Um, 
obviously, like for the sake of the drama, I went along for the ride, but obviously not after too long. It was pretty obvious that you know Danielson was fine with uh, some of the moves he was doing and stuff. Like he'd done a dive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I just think the way that he builds the drama around these moments and tries to give it kind of more of a realistic feel is um, just a testament to kind of what Hollywood said. He genuinely is probably the greatest wrestler ever, and. Um, it would be very hard to say someone is blatantly better than him. Like you can say, like people were saying in the chat, like you've got your AJ Styles, Shawn Michaels, every yeah, everyone's got like Okada, Tana. You know, there's loads and loads and loads of names in the conversation. Not, but AJ Styles is not better than Brian Danielson, and he is uh, not even in the same tier. He's slightly below AJ at his prime was incredible. He was um, tremendous in his own right. AJ Styles is a A plus professional wrestler. Brian Danielson is in the S class that only maybe four to eight other guys are in. Yeah, no, I said there's there's all kinds of people that everyone everyone's got their goats, you know. Uh, yes, but that like like you were saying, honestly, when it comes to Danielson, there's there's not quick really any on, there's no on, one you on, can say on, like he's Okada is better. also not better than Brian Danielson. Thank you. Yeah, whatever, bro. Um, he's not. We're, we're, bro, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing. No, but even even if you think, I like Okada. I like. It's not that I don't agree with you, bro. It's not that I don't agree with you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, we don't need to bring somebody up to say, oh, oh yeah, they're better than Okada. No, 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 no. It's because he he was reading the comment and and that comment said Okada. Okada's tremendous, but you know that that's Hollywood. Hollywood. One second, no, bro. We don't need to do this where it's like every time we bring up, say, oh well, Danielson's better. Like. Let me just—I'm just saying. I'm sorry, people I'm people have their goats, and it people yeah, yeah. people have who that they love. But when it comes to when it comes to Daniel, all, hey, all I know is everybody that was named right now is better than CM Punk. All right, let's, let's all right. continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it is fair to say that you know, there's no one who's like clear of Danielson, regardless of what you think. Like, even if you even if you goats the Undertaker or John Cena or one of those sort of guys, like. Danielson's um, Danielson's special man, and I think when we look back at his resume, um, especially for like say for the next group of young fans who are coming up who might not get the pleasure of seeing Danielson live, like they'll look back on that resume and some of his matches, and it'll be almost like alien to them. Same with the books, really, to be honest, because the resumes are just so long. People probably look at them and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like. Um, I'm not a big cage match rating guys, but I can imagine that both of those uh, books and Danielson have both got like an unlimited amount of matches rated like 8.5 or higher. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the resumes are ridiculous. Danielson's clearly in the conversation of being the greatest of all time. Um, Garcia's really shown out, showing a level of, um, I think it's fair to say, like maturity. You know, um, understanding the role that you have to play and delivering my over delivering, I'd say, to be honest. Um, it was great stuff, and I'll have to, um, I'll tip my hat to Tony Khan as well for having the balls to do that in the main event on Danielson's return. But like I said, the only thing that I kind of had against it was the, uh, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a shitty finish, to be honest, um, with the Hager involvement. Like, what was Hager just chilling, just waiting under the ring like, all night or whatever? You, what, what was the kayfabe uh, reason for that? Um, not reason for it. Obviously, it was to help Garcia, but, you know, it was just, uh, it was just, it was just kind of silly, you know, uh, in a match that was far from, <laughs> you know, but 
yeah, Dynamite, I thought Dynamite overall, it was a great show. Um, honestly, uh, a lot better than what they've done in recent weeks. Uh, it had a lot of hot angles. It had a lot of uh, good storytelling. A lot of talent got elevated. It had a lot. It had a lot of like real, legitimate highlight moments. That if your friend asked you what happened on Dynamite, you could give them a legit list of great things that happened um, and things that stood out. And on top of that, you also got what you always get weekly with AEW, which is great wrestling. So, um, you know, some of these shows do sometimes go by, and it's just kind of like match, match, backstage promo, match. But this one really felt like it had some juice to it, and. Um, to go back to AO's point that he made at the start about the um, how Tony Khan is kind of allowed to focus and let AEW Dynamite like breathe a bit more now that he hasn't got to focus on Ring of Honor and Forbidden Door. I definitely think that is kind of a fair point to bring up, but also on the other hand, to uh, Hollywood's point, Tony Khan definitely does perform more when his back's up against the wall and he's triggered, etc., etc. So I just thought the combination of all those things um, led to Tony Khan putting on a really brilliant show, and hopefully it is a um, it's start of a trend of things to come. And you know the shows continue to be at this level. You know there's a lot of interesting things coming out of this show as well, where we're wondering what will happen next. And I think that's an important thing that AEW don't always hit, because um, as Dynamite fans, I think it's fair to assume that like, we're probably going to watch every episode and we're going to be excited from because we know we, there is that chance that we're going to get a 12 out of 10 show but um in terms of actual like hooks and stuff like that there was a lot of those leaving this show and i just thought it was um honestly really impressive all time all round and kind of had a it had minimal low points and none of them were you know none of them would wrestle crap at all like say for example like me versus thunder rosa like that wasn't like horrendously offensively bad or anything it just didn't click and um that happens sometimes. Like no show is going to be perfect from start to finish, but this was um this was a really great show. So um yeah, man, happy with it. Uh, do you guys have anything to add? Uh, that's that's about it. We all good. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah, I think that unless unless there's any other subjects that you want to quickly go over, I think we are done here. We're at we're nearly at three hours. This might be the longest podcast hey, we've done. Are, are, are we gonna address the elephant in the room, Hangman? With Armboy and this PWI story? No, I think it's <laughs> too much to get into. It's too much, too long right, of a discussion, yeah, well, and we need yeah, we need it's, more it's details. Too, it's so, it, you know, you know, what we could do Monty if if there is time. Um, maybe I've we got... could do a no, 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 not not today, not not today. Fuck oh, that. Okay. I'm not I'm not going longer on this, bro. <laughs> I meant like <laughs> I um, yeah, what are we what are we talking about? No, I'm I was gonna say. Um, we could maybe get the crew together for a pre-SummerSlam um, podcast, if possible, and then we'll discuss the broader topics of the rest you're of the, the You're the one who's always working. Yeah, you yeah. Tell, you I, tell uh, me Mondays and Thursdays. I'm always right. here Monday I'll and tell you what. Monday. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I, you know, I do have the pen. I do. I, I am the secret uh, booker and owner of Russell Pierce. So, yeah, I... Uh, Did you just get <laughs> arm today? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but... You know, I I hold the keys to the kingdom, and I will try to get something, Monty, either Friday morning or or uh, Saturday morning. So I'll, okay. I'll give you that. All right. Yeah. Uh, since we're wrapping up, uh, Kayfabe yeah. beef with uh, Hangman aside, wanna appreciate Monty, appreciate Ibu for uh bringing me up on their platform and shit. It was a lot of fun, man. 
Um, I'm usually in the gym at this time. Well, earlier, like I'm usually in the gym at like six, but I'm gonna try to be on more like when I can and shit. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Appreciate everybody in the chat who was fucking with me. Anna, you are fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh, follow a real nigga on Twitter, bro. It's King AO. X instead of a yeah. I. Best Anna, Anna. out here, bro. Shit's on him. Anna, you got anything to plug before we get out of here? Not really. I just want to thank you guys for calling me back. If you need me back again, I'll be here. So oh, yeah, just I'm follow sure me on Twitter. Yeah, I'll be commentating the five star Grand Prix from Stardom. Wow. So watch Stardom. So just just follow me on Twitter for that. Yeah. Hollywood, you got anything to plug before we get out of here? No, nah, but I I do have some parting words. Uh, Anna, like Ao said, you were sensational. You're doing so good on this platform, thank and I'm you. I'm just so happy for you, and I'm really happy that you are. Uh, under our umbrella, just being great at what you do. Um, so thank, thank you for you. for thank you for gracing us with your presence for the second consecutive <laughs> week. Uh, I anticipate this being a regular occurrence as long as you give us your time, uh, Monty. You know what I'm saying? Good stuff as always. Um, little Ao, you did a, you did a good job. Uh, you did a good right, job well, tonight, up, bro. It's not it's not yeah. this nigga's platform. The beef is not babe. Like a fucking puppy, and he just works his dumbass mouth like a puppy. Yeah. So everything that you hear Hangman say, the shit that gets over is really Monty. Everything else, it's really is Monty. Dumbass fucking idea. Uh, yeah. Joe, uh, Joe, in all seriousness, look, Ao did a great job. Um, it, it's good that he was able to to bring what he provides to Twitter on to to, to Russell Pierce. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, so I, I, I anticipate him being here further. Uh, so just stay tuned for everything that comes up. Everybody follow me at backup hangman. If you decided to listen to all three hours of this podcast, God bless you. Um, I, I hope we, we did our best to entertain you throughout the time of this podcast. Uh, and, and with that said, uh, I just appreciate everybody and I thank everyone. And, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, uh, of course. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right. Obviously, uh, big thanks to Big IO making his WrestlePurist debut. Um, it's probably overdue, to be honest. But yeah, you know, we we made it and we went three hours with it, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time we see him on here. Um, it was great to have him, Anna. As always, um, you know, we've got two we've got two new stars. That, uh, Absolutely, you know, the, the fans in the live chat like. Um, you know, everyone loved Anna last week. Everyone's yeah. loved Anna this week as well. The new people who've tuned in and um, Ayo has got over huge in the chat. I know, um, I know talent, man. I'm, I'm Paul Heyman, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood makes some good recruitment sometimes. Absolutely. I'll give it to him. And um, <laughs> yeah, look, to what Hollywood said as well, if you did start around for three hours of this podcast, God bless you and uh, thank you very much. If you're not subscribed and you've just given us three hours, what are you doing? Uh, please subscribe, like the video, and um, we will be back later on in the week. Maybe we'll do the SummerSlam preview show that um, Hollywood just mentioned. Um, we'll see how that goes if we can get um, if we can get something sorted for that. But um, yeah, man, thanks for listening, and we will be back very very soon. Mm -hmm.